All right, there we go. Mic check, mic check. Fuego bass. Who's this, yo? Out of Connecticut. Okay. The patio bell, dude. <laughs> Why this song, bro? I like it, man. It's got down with this nigga. And I ran into this nigga Benny the Butcher in Atlanta. He's like, I got a movie role for you coming up. Okay. And I was like, I was just the universe lining up. Thought he was lying. He's like, yo, I was just talking about you two days ago. And he recognized me before I seen him. Benny the Butcher did? Yeah, That's I seen him. Sound. I mean, I recognized him first. But I didn't say, like, yo. I look, he looked like, oh shit, he the nigga from fucking funny. I'm like, oh shit, bro, what's up, man? Appreciate you. He's like, yo, I just talked about you two days ago. Got a movie about to shoot, I need you in it. I'm like, okay. Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm thinking it's the Hollywood talking shit. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, definitely. And this man walk up, come out of the bathroom. Oh, bro, he just talked about him two days ago. <laughs> yo, you, yo, give me a flick. So it confirms what you're saying, okay. Yeah, dude, like, you get a flick, bro. I'm like, hell yeah, I'll get a picture with two pictures and shit. And I run into him the next day at the VIP. Like, who you here with? I'm like, my manager. My boy and she got a little, you know, one bottle over there. He's like, and tell them niggas you'll be back in a minute. She with us tonight. That's BSF, crazy. BSF, nigga. I was like, yeah, let's go. That's I told my man, I was like, nigga, go, bro. Go over there. <laughs> kick it with these niggas. Network. I'm like, bad. I'm partying with these niggas all night and shit. Locking in niggas. Yo, exchange numbers and shit. We exchange numbers. We partying and fucked up. He's like, yo, we out, but we got to get a flight to Connecticut for their show. I was like, my nigga was like, yo, if you can make it up there, you know what I mean? I'm like, yo, bet, nigga. Okay. He's like, I got your number. Hit me. I'm like, cool. All so right. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and I wasn't even supposed to be in Atlanta that day I met him. I got there. I booked the ticket on accident, like the wrong date. <laughs> I got there a day sooner. And and I was supposed to do a show, and and it got canceled. Yeah. But I was like, I'm still going to the comedy club anyway just to see. Yeah. So we end up, as soon as I'm walking in, he's walking out. Perfect timing. I'm like, That's oh, shit. And then I end up still doing a show that they, they took me off of. It just worked out. I was like, oh, this is the universe, dog. Yeah. Like, like we like all right i'm not going to ask the question because i was just about to jump in but before we get too far into this this is the i don't know tom podcast this is another episode and i'm fortunate to have a, a, a uh this is I, can, I don't even know how to introduce you because you, <laughs> you came on the original pod you supported the original dream he's a uh he's a tom's pub podcast uh, a, a vet uh, but due to all his success and even with his tight schedule even with everything he has going on while he's here in pittsburgh he decided to bless us again. So if you don't know who was on the mic, it's the one and only White Mike, the whitest of Michaels. Clap it up, clap it up, clap it up. Woo! <laughs> Thank hey, you, bro. I, the, the one and only. I'm formally, I'm formally known as White Mike. Uh, my friends ain't never going to let it go, you know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> but uh, the, 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 the famous one, the one who pursued his dream, left Garfield, uh, took the big leap, and uh, has been making it work, man. And as you were sharing earlier, You've had these opportunities to capitalize on that because people have respected your craft. Like they've seen your talent and they obviously want to work with you. Yeah, it's been a, I got a lot of opportunities since I moved out there based on like the people identifying the, 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 the consistency, the work yeah. ethic. You know what I mean? The first show I got booked on, uh, shout out to my, uh, my man to hear more. He just kept seeing me come to the comedy union, which it's not open no more. COVID messed that up, but it was like the, the black hangout 
for mm. like Kev Hart. They, oh, that's where they were hanging out in LA was the Comedy Union. Yeah. Tahir used to be the host there for shows every Wednesdays, $5 Wednesdays. You For $5, you get uh, a, like a protein, a side, and a drink. Damn. I used to get catfish, <laughs> a Hawaiian roll, and macaroni and cheese for $5. Yeah. I used to get two orders. That's I'll cut the Hawaiian the, roll. Fried for five, bro, yeah. facts. I'll cut the Hawaiian roll, put the catfish in there like a sandwich. <laughs> Nigga. That shit was crazy. So Tahir kept seeing me at yeah. the comedy union and was like, bro, you a comedian? I was like, yeah. He's like, you been paying to get in? I'm like, yeah. He's like, hell no. Come with me. Right. Introduced me to the doorman. Bro, he, what's your name? Yo, he don't pay your comic. Yo, you come hang out with us back in the green room. I'm like, all right. Now, yeah. I don't know nobody out there like that. Yeah. So I'm just like, this is like the new kid on the block. <laughs> exactly. So he's, but he's seeing me paying, and every week I'm paying this money. Mm-hmm. And that's just one, I'm, every day I'm going somewhere and paying. Yeah. So he's like, nah, fuck that, come back. After the, that first time we really talked, he's like, yo, my birthday's next week. I do a birthday show. And instead of one show, we do two. Yeah. You want to open, you want to do a guest spot on one of the shows. I'm like, hell yeah, I'll be here. He's like, bet. I get up there, he throws me up. I did really well. Now I look back, I'm so much better now that I'll be like, oh, that set was yeah. trash. But I, I did good. They was like, oh, you funny as hell, you know Absolutely. what I'm saying? But I respected him for that because he he acknowledged. And he said when he first got out there, before he got with Kev on stage and them and, and Tony Baker, he didn't know nobody. He was from St. Louis. Mm-hmm. And he just said, yo, can I hang with y'all? Like, I don't know. But it was like, all right. And he just got cool with him. And now it's like a genuine, like an organic friendship and relationship. But because of stuff like that, people just keep seeing you. They they know this stuff. Like, I'll be mm-hmm. seeing you all the time. Yo, you doing this? Cool. And then you put in the work. Then when you get the opportunities, I don't I don't fuck the opportunities up. There you go. I know a lot of people that be like, oh, this is just, yeah. I'm going to try out some new shit. I'm like, no, nah, this is a test. Absolutely. They want to see if I got it. I'm going to the good shit yeah i mean so i had two questions before i get into the the real primary question so if the audience bears with me you know i I do tend to get a little sidetracked but i'm super curious because you said every day you was going in there and you was paying your money why like why show up all that why invest that money why even go to la because you got to put you got to put yourself in a position um to Let's say you want to work in radio. You take an internship at a radio station. Yeah. Why Why not go to Hot 97 or Power 105 if that's what you want to do? They're one of the biggest, mm-hmm. you know, two of the biggest markets in the, in the country. So for me, going to L.A. is one of the biggest comedy markets. And for New York, I could have went to New York, but I wanted to do acting, too, and L.A. has acting. And I also decided, like, I don't really give up on much, quit anything. Like, I have to really, it has to really just not be beneficial. In New York, I could be home in five hours. Mm-hmm. Oh, this shit ain't for me. I'm out. Mm-hmm. Be on, you know what I'm saying? I ten by ten, be home. Yeah. And it's over. L.A., I can't even afford to leave if I want right now. Like, <laughs> yeah. the move costs so much. Yeah. So I wanted to get, just, I wanted to just, you know, burn, you know what I mean, burn a bridge, the boats, whatever, just to be, like, I got to stick this out and figure it out. Mm-hmm. And so going there, it's like, yo, you got to put yourself in a position. You say you want to do X, Y, and Z. Well, are you around X, Y, and Z? Mm-hmm. So if I wanted to be a comedian, I need to be around comedy. Okay. So every night I'm going to these, you know, let my face be known, doing mics, doing shows, showing up. Yeah. Hey, hey, and I talk to people like, yo, I'm so and so. I do this. I ain't afraid to talk. Some people, I'll be asking questions and shit. Yeah. Yeah. You, you got somebody on the road? What you need? You need a host? I'm like, nigga, I don't even know you. I'm like, I don't <laughs> fuck. I'm a comic. Absolutely. Oh, if you, I'll go. Mm-hmm. And people, and, and this is my vibe, bro. Like, you know me. I, I meet people. I was popular here before I ever went anywhere. So when I mm-hmm. go somewhere, good people gravitate towards me. So the connections I made were all genuine. 
and it was because I put myself in the same position. Yeah. The person keeps seeing you every day. They were like, "Yo, this dude, let's get him a chance." Mm-hmm. And you never know who's watching. You That's get that true. one chance, get on stage. That's true. Alex Thomas, uh, first celeb ever, like celebrity comedian I ever opened for here in Pittsburgh at Savoy. Mm-hmm. I've been on comedy like four months. Shouldn't even have been doing this shit. But I opened for him, we partied and shit. I run into him back in LA, show him the picture. Like, yo, remember this? He was like, oh yeah. shit, we start talking. And he talks his story, how he became a writer on Fresh Prince. Mm-hmm. He's a nigga from South Central. He said he kept mm-hmm. debating whether he should go try comedy or not. Mm-hmm. Caught the bus to the Laugh Factory, did an open mic. Will Smith was in the audience. Okay. He said, this ain't Will Smith we know now. Yeah. <laughs> this is second season of Fresh Prince. <laughs> not too much on Will Smith, yeah. You know what I'm saying? This is just, all he really got is summertime. You know right, what I'm saying? Right, like, yeah. your parents don't understand. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, yo, we looking for writers on this show. I got a show called for you. Like, nigga, I know who the fuck you Absolutely. are. Fuck you. He's like, well, when can you start? He's like, all right, let me check my schedule. And, and in a joke, Alex says, he like spins in a circle. Like, yeah, I'm free. <laughs> and he's like, can I go with you now? Can I ride with you? Because I caught the bus up here. And he's like, after that, he became a writer. His whole life changed. Yeah. One, the first time he do a fucking mic at the Laugh Factory, Will Smith sees the nigga and be like, yo, you want to write on this show? He's like, my whole life changed. Mm-hmm. He's like, I still get residual checks in the mail from that. He's like, during the COVID, my wife was like, well, what are you going to do? <laughs> he said, I opened up a check. And I can say this because he said it to everybody, so it ain't like I'm putting his business out. Yeah. He said he opened up a check, and it was a residual. I don't know if it was from Fresh Prince. It was a $130,000 check mm. during COVID. God damn. A residual check from something he did. He was like, my life, one fucking thing. So you never know who's watching. So any chance I get, I don't fuck if it's at a fire hall. Yeah. I'm going out there with the heat. Absolutely. My, I, I feel that. And like, if I was to hear everything you just said and take it in, it makes complete logical sense for somebody that has supreme confidence, believes in their skill and is pursuing what they want. But what I'm curious is, is that like, what made you even decide to take that leap? Because whatever decision that you make logically requires action. Like what were, like, what was it that made you say, I got to do this now? Like, okay. So complete moment of transparency. Aries Spears. Mm-hmm. When I started doing comedy in 2012, I did it for about a year and a half. I met him at the improv at one point, and I was like, yo, I'm a young comedian. What's some advice for me? And, and this is going to tie back to what we talked about off camera. Yeah. About, um, you know, you, you you said your mom, I mean, your grandmother, the, the thing that said his, his ping in the middle was cooked too little. Yeah. And you just went off that, but you never knew why. Exactly. And you never asked no questions. So when I asked yeah. Aries Spears for advice, he was like, you got to get the fuck out of Pittsburgh. If you're serious about this, go to New York or L.A. And in my head, I was like, fuck out of here. I ain't about to leave Pittsburgh. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? But I never asked him why. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm thinking, like, I can do it from Pittsburgh. Why can't I do it from here? And if I would have asked him why, he probably would have said, well, this is not a city that's going to, um, you're not going to have a lot of opportunities. Okay. You're not going to be in front of the right people. It ain't got nothing to do with the city itself. It's just the environment. Like, this Absolutely. is not a, but I didn't ask that. I just thought he would just give me advice. And I didn't ask it, so I was like, yeah. nah, I'm cool, I'm not moving. And so when I back fast forward to 2019, I start doing it again. I, I get bit by the bug. I'm like, man, this shit is exciting. Like, this is, and I coach Little League football, and I worked in group homes for a while. Mm-hmm. I used to tell kids, like, yo, you got a talent, you wasting it trying to be in the streets. I would always tell these kids that God gave you a talent, and you wasting it because you want to be something else that you're mm-hmm. not, that you think might not be cool or, or whatever. And those two things coming together was like, yo, you got a talent. And if you don't keep doing this, you're wasting. I'd fuck you gonna tell them kids that, and you doing the same thing. Absolutely. So either you do your, take your own advice, and take it serious, or sh- or don't fucking tell them that neither. Let them <laughs> yeah. do what they want. 
And then the Aerie Spears thing, like LA or New York. And, and I said previously, mm -hmm. New York was too close for me. And I was like, I ain't about to struggle and be in the snow too. Mm -hmm. If I got to struggle, nigga, I, I want to be by the beach. <laughs> Fuck that, you know what I mean? So LA was a no brainer, you know what I mean? Like I'm out, it's bitches, beaches. We out, bro, you know what I'm saying? I'm All right, gone. fair enough. But that was, enough. that's what it was. It was that moment where it was like, those kind of two things kind of coincided. Like yeah. he told me I got to leave and I remember that. And then I was thinking like, I get these kids advice all the time. Don't waste your talent. And I knew if I stopped, I was wasting my talent. Yeah. The, so I appreciate you sharing that. The other question I wanted to ask is related to like the, the, the belief that you said in terms of paying attention. Like you said, that, oh, this is a test. Like what is it about the way that you view the world that you were able to conceptualize what you were going through as a test? Like I, I, I see this as a challenge. Like why did you say that to yourself? Well, out, just outside of this, just anything is like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a man with pride, you know what I'm saying? You yeah. don't do shit like that. So a lot of times, <laughs> I believe there's like two two different people Quote in this world. randomly. Yeah, crazy. randomly. Go ahead, go ahead, my bad. I believe, and me and my sister talk about this, I believe like there's two kind of people in the world. There's certain people that when you challenge them or discourage them, they say, yeah, you're right, I can't do it. Yeah. And they don't. And there's other people that be like, what? Exactly. Fuck out of here. Mm -hmm. So all the stuff that became a test was like, I would say certain stuff, and I, would be, I know I got to stand on it, mm -hmm. and I would know that people would be like, hey, you ain't moving to L.A., you mm -hmm. ain't doing this. I'm like, what? Fuck that. And so anytime yeah. an obstacle came up, Steve Harvey, man, like, he said he was about to quit. Now, you probably heard this. Mm -hmm. He was about to quit comedy. He had been living in his car for three years, and he got a call from Showtime at the Apollo, like, yo, can you get here? And he was like, no, nah, I ain't enough money. Yeah. Then he said, God was telling him, check the voicemail one more time. He checks it one more time. He's in Florida at the time. Mm -hmm. And some other dude was like, yo, we got a spot. If you can get down here, it was like two hours away. You can get down here, it pays this much. Yeah. He's like, yo, I'm on my way. He goes down there, kills. And they're like, yo, if you stay the next night, we'll pay you more because you're better than a headliner. That's so cool. he gets up enough money to buy a plane ticket to Showtime with Apollo. He said, I've been on TV ever since I did Showtime with Apollo. But he was ready to quit. Mm -hmm. And I looked at that. It was like, I'm not really like a religious person, but I believe in like spirituality. And I think that once you start facing a bunch of shit that's not normal, yeah, you're like, oh, bro, once you get through this, the other side is there's something waiting. Absolutely. Because everything you want is right outside the, the comfort zone. Yeah, absolutely. And so, like, right now I'm going through a million things, and I'm aggravated, I'm, I'm frustrated, but I just keep, I'm like, I can't give up. And I'm like, I can't let niggas say, oh, he came back to Pittsburgh. Like, <laughs> like that's probably the most, that's probably the biggest motivating factor is just my pride. Like, nigga, yeah, I can't yeah. be like, oh, I failed. You know what I mean? Respectfully. No, right. they're for four years. Be, I, no, I, I feel that. I feel that. Where do you think that comes from? Might just be who I am as a person. Right. Like, my upbringing, maybe, my uncles, my, my dad, like, all them. Like, it's like traditional family. My uncle, you, you can't cry, you can't quit. Right. You sign up for something, you finish it. You know what I mean? You say you're going to do something, you do it. That's what a man does. And there's a, a quote that I like to say uh, from a dude named Inky Johnson, motivational speaker. He used to play football for Tennessee. Freak accident, his arm is just limp now. He, he wears like a sleeve. Mm -hmm. He can't. He was, he was definitely going to the NFL, yeah. a first-rounder. Whole life changed from this accident. And he said, one of his quotes is, um, discipline is – doing what you said you would do long after the feeling you said it in his past. Mm. Because it's like, yo, I'm going to the gym, you hype, yeah. you see my voice working out, Monday come, yeah. the Monday when you wake up, yeah. the shit then wore off, the environment you said that in is gone. Yep. Discipline is, but I'ma still do it because I said I was gonna do it. Yeah. So 
when I told people, I did a show right before I moved. I said, yo, I'm going out there, mm -hmm. I'm doing this. And you said, one of the things you was you brought up, the alchemist was like, yo, you know, if it comes back, it's meant to be, whatever. Absolutely. And I don't remember the exact quote, but I remember reading the book because you said it. And mm -hmm. I was like a dope ass book. But I was Appreciate like, that. I gotta go and do this. And even if I fail, I did more than most people. Absolutely. But then when I got out there, I was like, I ain't failed fucking night. <laughs> exactly. I'm way ahead of where people with the same amount of time mm -hmm. of comedy, I'm way ahead of them. Absolutely. And so even when I get frustrated sometimes that it ain't going where I think it should be, I'll be like, bro, you shouldn't even be here right now. Well, I don't say you shouldn't, but yeah. typically this isn't the, the timeline for you. Yeah. So just be appreciative of that. Yeah, I, I definitely feel that, yo. Like that was that was like having the audacity to believe that you could do it is a major contributing point. But before we get too far down, I want to make sure I open up with my first question because we we hit you you are a, a, a guest that's more than willing to share. So it's yeah, like whatever. a lot easier. I appreciate it. Uh, but you already hit on a bunch of stuff. I was probably going to ask you anyway. But before we get too far down that road, I want to ask if you were to answer the question, which is the first question I ask every guest, who are you? How would you answer that? I'm Mike Murphy. Um, I'm a father. I'm a veteran. I'm a comedian. I'm uh, I'm a soldier mm -hmm. at heart, even outside of my military service. I grew up in a fucked up neighborhood, you know what I mean? To survive yeah. that, you gotta be a soldier, you know what I mean? But I think I'm a person uh, often misunderstood, but misunderstood, but in a way it's like, I be feeling like I'm I'm better than niggas to even explain it. So when niggas don't understand, <laughs> like if you're not a nigga, like if you're not somebody I really like respect, if you don't get what I'm doing, I don't even care. You know what I'm saying? I don't, it don't, shit don't bother me. Like right. now if you're somebody that I really respect and you like, yo, whoop, yeah. whoop, whoop, I'm like, nah, 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 let me, oh. But if you somebody I don't care, I'll be like, oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck nigga, you yeah. can't talk to me in real life. You're just a social media. So that's, that's who I am, you know what I mean? Okay. Why do you think those are the things that like immediately jumped to mind? You you talked about primarily being a veteran, being a soldier, being somebody that like is either misunderstood. Like why do you why do all of those things come to mind immediately? Well, the first couple of things I named is the things I'm most proud of: being a father, being yeah. a veteran, mm -hmm. being a comedian. Because this is God's call. This is God's work. Okay. Like I'm only funny because of what He gave me. You know what I mean? There's mm -hmm. people. I think everybody has a talent. This is mine. So the things that I'm most proud of are those things: being a, a father. Like, I've been having custody, you know, custody of my daughter since she was three. She's mm. 14 now. Mm. I was a veteran. Man. Thanks. I was a veteran, and that's not a hard, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And then being a, com a comic is, it's the least thing I'm proud of out of all those things, but it's who I am. Because mm -hmm. if you ask somebody, like, yo, you know so-and-so? Oh, comedian. They're going to, it's either that or, oh, yeah, he's being an army or ride bikes. Yeah. One of them things is going to come up. Yeah. But most of the time, it's, oh, he's comedian so that's part of it so like my thing is like I, I think I always think it's interesting that like a lot of times we talk about these aspects of who they are as if they just happen to be like out of all of the things in the, the universe that you could have been you know what I'm saying like why a comedian that's my talent and 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 we said earlier yeah. a lot of people they they waste their talent being something they think is cool instead of what they actually are. That's you true. imagine if everybody woke up, bro, every colleges will go out of business. Yeah. Because most of the shit people really want to do, you don't need a, a degree for it. If people just chase who they really were, which is honest, like, yo, this is who I am. Mm -hmm. And just being real with themselves, 
Yo, that's the dopest thing because you got people, ah, oh, rap. Nigga, you suck. <laughs> you not a rapper, my nigga. <laughs> you really good at poetry, but you suck <laughs> on the mic, bro. But, that, but right. poetry ain't getting you no pussy, so you want to say you in the booth. <laughs> you hot and behind something you ain't because Fair it's enough. cool. Fair enough. You can't blame somebody for trying, though. Hey, my thing is you, like, you can. You might be frowned upon. My, but my thing, all right, fair enough. Like, you think that that's your talent, but my thing is, like, in, in some ways, like, you don't think it's odd that, like, out of the trillions of shit you could have been comedian? Like, like where does that come from? I've been funny. I'm going to tell you this right now. This is, you, like I said, I'm an open book. I don't, yeah. I don't give a fuck. I'm way beyond the past of, like, saying the answer that sounds cool or whatever. Yeah. Bro, when I'm depressed... And Kev asked me this the other day, and I jokingly he said, how do you deal with, like, bouts of depression? I was like, nigga, drugs and alcohol, what are you talking about? <laughs> and I was jokingly, but I it's like... I should be laughing at that, but go ahead. I was joking, <laughs> oh, but yeah. it's like, I, the thing... So I'm like, I don't say it now. I'm super depressed right now. I got a bunch of shit going on. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, I feel like I'm spiraling out, like, like going out of control. I, I had a show in Philly last Friday at a prison, SCI mm-hmm. Chester. It's me and my boy T-Road. We're driving. I'm four-hour drive, four and a half hours, yeah. whatever. I get to this nigga's house. I don't realize that I'm wearing this depression on my face. He's like, what's up with you, bro? You good? I'm like, I'm good. Like, I'm trying to, I'm straight, nigga. Yeah. He's like, no, nah, something's up. I'm like, nah, bro, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Then I was like, all right, nigga, I'm not good, but I'll be good for the show. Yeah. He's like, you sure? I'm like, bro, we good. You know, we, we driving up there. I'm not really want to talk. I'm in my feelings. I'm going through all this shit. We get into the jail. I'm still like going through a thing about everything. As soon as, well, bring him to the stage, light, lights out. Mm. And then it's therapy. I'm talking about real shit. I'm being, I'm being completely honest. The fucking inmates is laughing. And for that three hours that we're in there in that prison, yeah. and I'm doing what I love, nothing in the world matters. My daughter yeah. had brain surgery. I'm not thinking about that. Yeah. I'm not thinking about no- nothing. Yeah. All I'm thinking about is I'm making these motherfuckers laugh. This is my my gift. Yeah. And I'm able to give it to someone else because I'm always... I would type, I'd be like MC Hammer. I would go broke because yeah. I'd be making sure all my niggas got good. Mm-hmm. I don't care about money like that. As long as I can have what I want and still do it for other people, that giving back. So that on stage shit, you giving to somebody. Yeah. Like, oh, that shit's crazy. They're like, after the show, yo, you funny as hell, bro. I needed that. Niggas in there's lifers in there. Like, yeah. bro, I needed that, nigga. I ain't never Absolutely. getting out of here. You're like, nigga, this is I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Everyone has a purpose and I feel like I'm doing No, I don't feel I know I that know. I'm doing what I was put here for because you hear like the uh quote sometimes cliche like there's only two days that matter in this world. It's like the day you're born and the day you find out why you were born. Absolutely. I've, seen, I've heard that. And I'm like, oh, fuck out of here. But that's true. Absolutely. Because a lot of people be 50 and be like, you know what? I like bacon. Mm-hmm. Like, nigga, you could have been doing this for me. <laughs> Once you find what it is, and we talked about this earlier, with yeah. Kev don't want to do this, you inspiring and shit. Yeah. You never know what it's going to be. And you be like, yo, let me just tap in. And a lot of times, especially in our generation, our parents was only telling them what their parents told them. So you might be like, I want to be this. They're like, you better go get a job and get <laughs> fuck you fucking around with that comedy shit. That yeah, don't pay yeah. no bills. You think you Jamie Foxx, nigga? And you're like, yo, what the fuck? And you discouraged because they're just telling you what their parents told them. Absolutely. They don't know no better. Yeah. It's our generations that's breaking it and being like, yo, my daughter be like, I want to be on YouTube. Fuck that. Yeah. You ain't got to go to college. I'll help you do Absolutely. this. I want to nurture and I want to you know, cultivate whatever it is that she believes in. Mm-hmm. And we had to break that cycle. So for me, comedy is just like the... When I know I'm on stage, I know ain't nothing wrong in the world. Yo, that's deep. I, I really appreciate you sharing all of that. One caveat, I do want to say that, like, this podcast holds no ill will towards MC Hammer. He does not like being called broke. 
I think Hove said that, so I just want to make sure. I don't want, I don't want Hammer running down no, on me. But, but I will say <laughs> like, this real quick. The stories I heard about Hammer, he's not the one to play no, with. No, exactly. He so got goons. You go to Oakland. I'm not putting Broke on Hammer's name real if you quick. Go, but, I mean, but he did go. Like, he I, lost I, the I'm money. I'm not saying, hey, you better than me. The views and thoughts of Mike Murphy are not the views and thoughts of <laughs> do you know Tom. I don't know Tom. Yeah, I don't know Tom. So, no, nah, but he's... <laughs> FC Hammer Hart is a goon, <laughs> nigga, but nah, but he's safe out from bankruptcy. He was making sure his friends was good. Hey, man, That's the kind is... of nigga I want to be. FC Hammer, <laughs> if I become whatever your financial status is, because I took that path, we good, Yeah, bro. all right, there we go, bet. <laughs> but the other thing I want to say is that the thing that you connected, and I don't even, I don't know if you paid it, like, if you ever thought about it, and I believe in this as a philosophy, is that when you find out what you're really meant to do, it brings you joy as it brings other people joy as well. And when you talk about how those inmates like said to you, like, yo, I needed this. Yeah. Not knowing that you needed it as well. I think that that's the perfect intersection of purpose. Like that's when you know that you're doing work that you're meant to do because you're giving back to the world as you're taking from it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? One of the things that um, I remember listening to a podcast with uh, Dave Chappelle, Most Deaf and Talib Kweli and Most Deaf uh, said- Midnight Miracle. Yeah, exactly. And most deaf said, uh, yo, my goal in life, and he said, is to create something, like he said, to take from life as much as I can, but to give back something beautiful. Yeah. And I was like, that's a perfect balance because it doesn't deny the fact that like, you're supposed to get something in return. Like there's, there's like people call it selfish, whatever it is, but it's like, you're supposed to have something. You're supposed to gain something, but you should also be giving something in return. And I think when you find that perfect intersection, like you said, you're doing purposeful work. What I learned, and I was gonna tell you this earlier when it was off camera, you know, about, uh, you say you didn't do this for the money. You chase the money, it's hard to get it. Yeah. You chase purpose, the money comes. It comes. Because you're doing something that you really love no matter what. Like, Absolutely. Bro, I never had a job. I've done comedy shows. I'll, I'll give you an example. Uh, I did Atlanta. I'm not gonna say what the comedy club is just cause that don't be mad. Yeah. They ain't gonna fuck me later. But I, I do a <laughs> I show in Atlanta cool. as a feature. Now, typically, the way the rates are in most comedy clubs, the headliner, that deal is either a flat rate or a percentage of the door. That fluctuates. Yeah. The feature usually is $150 per show. The host is usually $50 per show. Mm -hmm. So I'm doing a show. It's just a one show. So it's not a whole weekend. I should get it. I'm expecting $150. The owner of the comedy club tells the, the person I'm headlining for, we don't pay the host or the feature. If you want to bring somebody, that's on you. Because mm -hmm. usually we'll use somebody local that'll do it for free. Yeah. So we don't pay that. So I'm like, damn, I done got a room, a flight, all this. I'm not even getting a little measly 150 <laughs> that I should be getting. Like, this is Absolutely. bullshit. Then I did another show in another city. I'm not going to say the, the city because if I said there's only one comedy club Absolutely. there. They only paid me $75 to feature. But if you, when you look at that, most people were like, Dang, you supposed to get this, you ain't get that? Then I looked at it, I had to take a step back and was like, I did 20 minutes and mm -hmm. I got paid $75. If I did any other work for an hour and someone paid me $75, mm -hmm. I'd be like, shit, I'm eating, nigga. There you go. But when, you, when you're comparing it to the, the, the standard, you're like, this isn't fair. Yeah. But if you're comparing it to what normal people do, Absolutely. it's easier. And that's just perspective. So for I was just me, about I'm to like, say that's the power of perspective. When when something seems unfair or seems fucked up, I try to change my perspective to appreciate it more. So it's not like ah, you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. But being on that stage, I would do that for free. Mm -hmm. If he was like, yo, if, if even if that that dude in Atlanta said we're not paying you, I'd be like, ah, that's cool. Yeah. 
Yo, what up? Make some noise. I'm up there still. <laughs> yeah. I'm not working, bro. You couldn't be like, yo, can you help me fucking? No, nigga. Are you paying me? Like, yeah. I'm not doing that for free. When you're willing to do something for free, mm-hmm. you give it your all. That's how you know it's, it's, it's real. I, I completely agree, yo. And I, I think that, like, that's the, that's the challenge that a lot of people face is, like, figuring out what that thing is, you know? And, and speaking to that, because the next question I have feeds almost directly into that is, what is it that brings you joy? Comedy. My my kid, she's a she's she's a piece of shit right now. I'll say that she's she's <laughs> fourteen. On, bro. So yeah, no, nah, right. we're, we're we're being right. honest. She's I'm ready to fuck her up sometimes, but no, right. but that's my daughter. Like that brings right. joy. But comedy is in a gym too. Mm-hmm. So I was just telling my boy about this. I said, yo, I'll be depressed, and then the times where I notice when I'm the most not depressed is when I'm on stage and when I'm in a gym. Mm-hmm. But that's not sustained. We can't be on a stage all day or in a gym all day. Yeah. So. I got to figure out how to not be that way, you know, in between. Yeah. But when I'm in them two places, man, my brain's somewhere else. I'm, yeah. And it's just, that's what it is. So what is it about those spaces that brings you joy, though? Well, I think the gym is, that's more of like an endorphin. Yeah. Chemical you know, Yeah, response, I think that's yeah. not something. I think it's just like two plus two is four. If you do this, you're going to be happy because... But there's a reason you're going in the gym, though. What is that? Because I want my body to be right because I, <laughs> I see myself on stage one time and I was like, this is not cool. Like, what the fuck is this? You know what I mean? I don't like that shit at all. Bro. And so... <laughs> I, I don't know why. Like, yeah. I don't know why you said I want my body to be right. It felt so funny. No, I'm so real. Like I just want to. I want to If I take off my clothes, I want. I want to stand in front of a chick and be like, "Yeah, <laughs> look at this work of art." I respect that. But when yeah. you look sloppy and shit, it's like I respect that. Yeah, my money right. and my dick's not long enough to be built like that. To, <laughs> I, I can't be, I got to pick a the One struggle, you know what I'm saying? I respect that. I got, you got to be rich or you got to have a hammer just right, to be like, just, I'm built like whatever, <laughs> but you're going to take it. All right, absolutely. Uh, so I got to, you know what I mean? But I, I do that and when you're working out, I think that happiness isn't a, Okay. Th- there's not a proponent of that. It's like, well, I, I'm cr- I'm like crafting my body. I don't give a fuck yeah. about that. It's the <laughs> physically I'm moving weights yeah. and the inner savage of me is like, yeah, fuck yeah, I'm slamming weights okay, and shit. Okay. I'm just on some Neanderthal shit. All right. But bet. the comedy shit is like, if, I, like I said again, I'm giving something to people, I'm making them laugh. I mm-hmm. know that I'm, even if I'm fucked up, it's like, there's been times where I'm broke and I still be like, nah, bro, you can hold on it, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I don't really got it, but the fact that I know that they got it less and what I'm doing is meaning, is way more meaningful to them than the me losing the 100. Yeah. I feed the homeless on Thanksgiving and Christmas, like yeah. seeing their faces and shit, seeing that they're, they look dirty, they're, they're fucked up. Mm-hmm. But we're like, hey, we're talking. We're not treating them like that, and they're like down for like a regular person. Yeah, like not. I mean, they are regular people, but I'm saying like they they don't feel like that normally because absolutely uh, uh, being homeless is you know what I mean. So they feel like some sense of normalcy around us, and it's like, damn, this is I like this. Well, why is that important for you for people to feel that way though? Man, uh, the old me probably wouldn't gave a fuck, but the new me is like, I'm just working on being the best version of me. I just want to be nice to people. I want people to, cause I'll, I'll give you an example. I used to talk shit about chicks that would get like BBLs and, and surgery and shit. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, y'all are stupid as fuck. And, and the majority of them, I don't know why they're doing, I mean, I can guess, but when I, when, once I got to a point where I realized if they're doing that because they, it helps their self-esteem, for whatever reason, if they feel better about themselves, if they feel happy, I'm like, well, fuck it. Who the fuck am I to tell you not to do something that makes you happy? Because Absolutely. you never know. Some people want a nice body. Some people mm-hmm. want a nice car or whatever. They might go out and get a car they can't afford because 
the compliments they get make them feel better. Mm-hmm. Once I realized that I'm not perfect and I'm fucked up in a lot of ways, and I do certain shit that make me feel better about myself, I'm like, well, who am I to judge that person for doing something that makes them feel better about themselves? So now I'm going into this this phase of where it's like, I don't know why you did that, but if that made you happy, I'm cool with it. You know what I'm saying? Where did that come from, though? Like that 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 point in your life where you felt like you needed to do that? Because I looked at myself and I did re- self-reflection. And I came to a point where I realized that, um, and we talked about this earlier, the hardest thing in life is for a motherfucker to be themselves. Because a lot of times, the shit that people is true to themselves it's not the cool thing. So yeah. they, you know what I mean? So for me, to be honest with myself, I had to sit back and say, what is going on in my life right now? And I realized, I realized a lot of things. One, one of the things was like, I don't like being alone. Like mm-hmm. I like being in relationships. So I found myself jumping from chick to chick because I didn't like being alone. Mm-hmm. It took a lot for me to say that. Then when I seen some of the chicks that I was messing with, and I'm like, well, why would I pick this person? And other people would be like, bro, you could do way better than that. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I don't think I can. I realized my self-esteem was low. Mm-hmm. Where I felt like, oh, this is the best I can get. This is why I'm so trying to make this work. Mm-hmm. Instead of being like, bitch, I know I could do better than you. Mm-hmm. And I realized it only applied to dating women. Because when I, you know, when I sold my house, a lot of people thought I was dumb. Mm-hmm. Nigga, that, the crowd, that house you letting it go? And in my head, I was like, you fucking crazy? Mm-hmm. You got a way fucking better house than that. Yeah. But when I dealt with women, I'd be like, nah, this is it. I'm not really going to get no better than this. Yeah. And other on the outside in, because the way you view yourself, the way I view myself, is not the way other people view Absolutely. you. And sometimes that's a big disconnect. You may say, I'm a piece of shit. I'm not, I'm worthless, yada, yada. Somebody's like, man, I wish I could get a motherfucker like that in my life. Yeah. You'd be like, what the fuck? How do we so far off? Absolutely. And so for me, I realized that the way other people viewed me was higher than I viewed myself. So I would end up with situations where people be like, how you with her, bro? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I like her. She's good. Yeah. She's not good. I'm just settling because I feel like this is the best I can do. Being honest with myself about that and being aware and saying, oh, it changed my, now I can work on the things that I need to work on. Uh, I really appreciate you sharing that, yo. And like, I, I, I sympathize or empathize with that in a lot of ways because I remember when I was in a relationship and like my ex would tell me all the time, like, yo, you're emotional, you're emotional. And that shit used to, it, you may as well be calling me a bitch. Like I, I felt like, yo, like, yo, this was like the most frustrating thing in the world. Until I had a moment to sit by myself and I realized, like, yo, you are emotional. <laughs> like, like you, you, you are an emotional person. But when you recognize that about yourself, when, like you said, you're honest with yourself, you put yourself in a position where you can start to work on the things about yourself that you may not like or, you know, saying one way or the other. So I, I think that that's a very powerful message in the sense that, like, you were able to understand that, you know, I need, like, this is who I am. But if I don't want to be this, here are the things that I can do to correct that. Like, that takes a lot of ownership, a lot of maturity, a lot of perspective. Like, so that's no short feat. That's why I wanted to highlight that. But you know what? And this might sound crazy. It is going to be crazy, but I don't care. Yeah. Like, you, you see your girl say, oh, you're emotional, whatever. I'm yeah. emotional, too. I used to act out of emotion. That's yeah. the problem. Being emotional is not a bad exactly. thing. Acting on exactly. it, being emotionally immature is the problem. Exactly. Because for men, we can't afford to be, women can get past. A woman mm-hmm. can freak out because you texting a bitch, she can break all your windows and <laughs> you might be like, yo, I'm not going to press charges. Don't do that shit. So bro. happy we don't live the same but, life. Go ahead. But <laughs> if, I mean, that never happened to me, but I'm just saying oh, like, right, a woman can do that and yeah. be like, I can, and we'll forgive her because like, oh, she's emotional. She got upset. She lost it. A dude is like, bro, what are you doing? Man? What the fuck is wrong with you? You fucking cut, cut the motherfucking bra's tires? Cause she, 
bitch ass nigga. Like you can't do that. You're not you're not giving the same grace. Cam called me and broke out some chicks with <laughs> Bro, you'll be like, you bitch ass nigga, what's wrong with you, son? You don't have the same grace as a woman, so emotional maturity. He was hurt though. He was pertinent. hurt. It don't All matter. Right. It's like you gotta just suck it up. So for All me, right. the thing that made me I'm emotional. Like when I play football, yeah. I would cry a lot, but not because I'm like sad, crying because I'm angry. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but now it's like the the fact that it lets me lead into being like okay with being emotional is because if you get to the point where you cross a certain line, it's like I can do you bodily harm. Yeah. Like, so you can say what you want, but in the turn is out. I can cut the, the switch and Absolutely. be like, I can kill you, nigga. Like, <laughs> I don't want to do that, but I'm just Absolutely. giving you. Like, you can say, oh, this nigga's a hoe, and I can kill you, and then it's like you got killed by a hoe. Yeah. So it's like. <laughs> The fact that I'm okay with being emotional is because I know it don't make me weak. Exactly. If you're emotional and you're weak, then that's what's a problem because then you become like a, 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 a target. Yeah, yeah, target. But if it's like, oh, he a bitch, but he will pill niggas. Absolutely. Like, yeah. <laughs> niggas got to just keep their opinions. In their I, absolutely. Like, I, I definitely I definitely understand that because I think it speaks to a larger premise that it's not about... I think everybody who starts to be honest with themselves recognizes that being honest with yourself isn't changing who you are. It's being honest with who you are and recognizing that certain points of who you are have different moments that they need to come to, to the surface. Like you said, like being emotional while recognizing that you're emotional, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't be emotional. It means that it makes you, it gives you the opportunity of asking yourself, what is your goal? Like if I'm in a situation and if there's an argument or whatever, before you would react out of emotion because you don't have control, you don't recognize it. So yeah. you're just responding. But now that you know that like I'm emotional, you can stop and say like, all right, I know what I'm feeling like, but my goal isn't to be emotional right now. My goal is to do X, Y, Z. Yeah. So like you get the decision. And I think that's what maturity or growth is about. It's about giving yourself the opportunity, even understanding other people. I always tell people like my goal in understanding different perspectives isn't to say that this is right or wrong. It's to give myself the option to choose. If you don't know, then you're just working off propaganda. You're working off marketing, whatever you assumed whatever data you just absorbed based on whatever. Yeah. But if you give yourself the option of asking yourself, why do I feel this way? Then that at least gives you the option to say like, okay, well I choose to do X, Y, Z instead of this is just who I am. And, and, and let, bro, that's, I'm, I'm glad you said that because what I've been realizing now is like when something happens, you'd be like, why do I feel this way? Or why is this triggering me so much? A lot of times you need to go to therapy for that because there's something you just don't even understand. But like in this recent situation that I'm going through, is is it's a breakup of, and something else, but it's my career. It's a bunch of other things tied in. It's just all at once. So I'm like, well, yeah. why am I feeling like this now? I didn't feel like this then, and I'm, and I'm doing. You just being honest with yourself, and I'm just like, oh, I see why. When this happens, it triggers this absolutely or this, and then once you acknowledge it, then you can. You know, respond to it better. Be like, oh, mm-hmm. I know this is just that. Absolutely. Let me just take some time, whatever. And so that's what I'm kind of learning right now myself. But going to therapy years ago was the best thing that happened to me because I took everything personal. Mm. If let's say you, you know, let's say you say, yeah, I want you to get on the podcast. Yeah. Seven o'clock, we meet, and I'm like, cool. I clear my schedule. I come here. I hit you like, oh shit, I forgot all about it, bro. I'm out having drinks and shit. <laughs> I'm like, no, nah, I'm about to pull up on this nigga. Fuck yeah. you, about, you wasting my fucking time. Yeah. In my mind, I'd be like, what about me made this motherfucker think he could just do that bullshit? Yeah, exactly. Now, now it's an issue. Now I'd be like, oh, this motherfucker's just a fucking loser. He's just like, <laughs> yeah. he has no structure. Like, he's yeah. just gonna do this to anybody. Yeah. It ain't me, it's him. Yeah. That was a world of difference. Yeah. And then 
it slowly I started to forget about that. So when stuff started to happen again, yeah, I used to be like, why is this person doing this to me? Then I used to be like, no, 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 this is Man. this person. I, re- I just got to let it go. I respect that so much. Like uh, I quoted this before, I think in a, a, a recent pod, but I said that uh, one of my favorite quotes in like, cause you know, I'm a nerd Marvel, all of that shit. <laughs> one of my favorite quotes in the whole Marvel universe is in Dr. Strange. The ancient one tells him his mentor, he tells him or she, or they tell them the one lesson that you haven't seemed to understand is that it's not about you. And like that for me, for some reason, I, I look at that, that lesson, like when they said that it didn't change my mind, but learning it later on, it gave me such freedom because there's this propensity for us to take everything personal. When bad things happen to us, it's like, oh shit, it's happening to me. Like somehow the world is fucked up and it's fucked up to me. But when you realize like everybody is doing their best, it is what it is. And like, you can't take this personal. It gives you this relief to say, all right, I'll just move better next time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, it, it, and like you said, it just takes the weight off your shoulders. Because if, if you believe that everything is personal, then you're up against the universe. And that's an unwinnable battle. Can't like you can't, <laughs> like, you're going to lose that motherfucker. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So when you recognize that the universe is just universe and or whatever forces are at happening, those are just happening because you can't control everything. But the things you can, when you recognize something impact you and you can control how you move, that's the true under, like, that's the true mastery of self. It's like, this hit me, how do I want to move versus now I just move like this because I just move like this. Yeah, and, 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 that's a big thing is like they say like life is, you know, not, you know, 10% what happens to you, 90% how you react to it. Absolutely. A, a lot of times something happens and you're like, yo, this, I have the, I have the choice. How do I move, mm-hmm. you know, forward? And the part of my life I'm in now is like, it's, I hate it because it's most uncomfortable because it's a struggle between the person I used to be versus the person I'm trying to be. Mm-hmm. Not even the person I am now. Yeah. That, that person is, is basically, uh, a mixture of those two yeah. people together. So that's kind of where I'm at now is like the old me versus what I want to be. That's who I am now. And it's fucked up because when certain stuff happens, I'm like, the old me is like, what the fuck is you doing, bro? And the new me is like, nah, that ain't right. Yeah. And it's a struggle because I seen this uh, clip from Mike Tyson. He said, I feel like a bitch. Yeah, I remember that. What he was saying, like, I just want to, I want to keep, like, I have to suppress who I really am. Yeah. And that makes me feel like a bitch. I'm never going to be that person again. I was like, yo, that was the realest shit that I ever heard because yeah. there'd be certain shit that'd be happening and I'd be like, the old me wouldn't even be thinking about this. But that old me ruined relationships, pushed people away, rubbed people the wrong way, became abrasive, became, you know, intolerable, all those things, but I was comfortable myself. Yeah. It's like, I don't give a fuck who else I hurt or who I pushed away. I'm like, I feel good about myself. Now I'm caring about all these other people and it's making me not like myself. And yeah. that is the part where I'm trying to like get to a point where I can still concern with myself, yeah. but not be an asshole. And that's a difficult fucking. Hey, what you're describing is called growth, bro. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> I don't know if you know uh, this <laughs> big word just nah. came out in Merriam-Webster's <laughs> last year. They just added it. It's growth. You're nah. like, but real shit. Like I remember. I don't know if you listened to. Um, I think Styles P was on uh, Matt Hoffa's podcast, and he said. Like he mastered his fifty percent dark. He he trying to work on his fifty percent light. Like the the when I look at you know when you talked about like going through the trauma that you experienced, mastering comedy is like the ultimate pendulum swinging the other way. It's like the perfect balance between the two. 
what I'm what I'm describing or what I'm trying to highlight is the fact that like when you look at the yin and yang symbol, people will say like, well, half is light and half is dark. What really is the the message is the line in between those two. Yeah. Is what harmony is, what ultimate nirvana, all that shit is. It's like how do you ultimately maximize both portions of those selves? Like whoever you're That's meant where I'm to at be. Now. And, up. And, and, and that <laughs> but it but it sucks because you're constantly in this in this position where you have to learn. It, it like it, it when people are comfortable is when they feel like they know everything the world has to offer and that's why you'll see people who are more conservative struggle with change because it's like no this was my world now you're trying to intrude on it and make me do something different i don't like that but if you're more liberal you're like all the change the better like there's no perfect balance one thing is not better than the other it's how do I contend with both of these halves of myself because both of these are true. There is a part of you that wants to care about others that really values what others feel, but there's this other part of you that feels like I, I want to mark my territory. I want to be stand on who I am or show people who I am or whatever. And there's certain shit though that's like where I draw the line in the sand mm -hmm. where I'm not budging at all. Yeah. But it conflicts with the overall like if if I say, yo, I want you to be happy. Yeah. If you're doing what you do, makes you happy, go for it. Blah, blah, blah. But then when you say this makes me happy and I don't agree with it, yeah. then it's like, fuck him. But like but, now, yeah. like, who the fuck am I to tell you? I just told you to be happy. But but that's you... that's being human, bro. Like I think that that's the foul, like that's the that's the imperfectness of humanity. Is that like everybody is going to get to a point in their life where we can't exist as this perfect being that accepts all and and rejects all. Like at a certain point, you are going to self-define through trial and error, what is for you and what isn't. And you're going to mark those boundaries where you want. The the the, the challenge is feeling comfortable with those based on new information. But, but like this, this, so I'll give you an example. If I say, back to like the surgery thing, right? Yeah. I I don't care, somebody gets surgery, whatever, I don't fuck, you know what I mean? But yeah. when they would lie about it or they'd be like, oh, I did, I did it yeah. for, you know, I'd be like, oh, shut the fuck up, bitch. You but, got, like, but that's a different value though. But, but so what I'm saying is like, yeah. I can't, preach yo i want people to be happy and do mm -hmm. with me but then a person's don't makes them happy or makes and i'm like nah i don't agree with that so fuck you but let me dissect that for you real quick you're talking about two different things one thing you said a certain somebody getting surgery that's an act that's a behavior you brought up a different thing which is lying about it that's dishonesty well no, so not that's even a, just lying i'm just saying like i didn't never understood why like women would get it and then this so this is how it would play out yeah for whatever reason, a woman go gets surgery, gets her ass done or whatever, yeah. right? Then, you know, people are like, oh, you got your butt done? Like, I ain't do it for men. I did it, you know. Yeah. And they say whatever the reason is. I be like, most men, when you ask them, be like, well, I don't really prefer that. I'd rather yeah. you be, you know, normal or whatever. And yeah. So the argument comes, I didn't do it for men. I did it for myself. Okay. And so you would, my, my hangout would be like, yo, you're lying about why you did it because if... There was no bitches getting on me. I probably, I wouldn't take care of, like, I, yeah. I would just, we would just roam around, like, you know what I, mean? I ain't showered today, fuck it, I'll shower tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, Dave, Chappelle, Dave Chappelle said if niggas could mess with women in the box, they wouldn't buy a house. I get it. I, yeah, I so it's like, everyone's doing something for, you know, the other, uh, and accept, so for when women will do that, because I don't agree with it, even though that's what's make. If, if they're saying, yo, I was depressed, I had suicidal thoughts, yeah. because... I felt like my body wasn't appealing to men. And when men would come out, they would look at all my friends but not look at me. Yeah. I had these bad thoughts, so I got this, right? That's a valid, yo, they get it. I don't agree with it, so I'm just like, nah, you well, should fucking believe but, in yourself. But, 
that was dumb. But how the fuck can I tell you that? Because if it, there's something going on with me that's making me have them thoughts, and I go do it, and somebody's like, why'd you go do that? You're like, yeah, because I was fucked up. Well, I, I would agree with, I, I appreciate your honesty and your vulnerability and willingness to share your thoughts on this because it, it can be controversial. But beyond that, I think that what you're missing is that it's not like, it, it's not the act that you keep coming back to that you have a problem with. It's the, the implication that there's some, there's this, there's this uh, dishonesty involved. Because you said, if a woman says, I didn't do this for men, you said, well, you're lying. Yeah. That was the trigger. Yeah. And like, in the, or even if you extend it beyond that and say it's cool that she got it done, but like you lie about getting it done, that was another trigger. And so it's not so much the woman getting surgery. Oh, yeah, beyond, yeah, you're right, you're right. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's the dishonesty behind it. If she said, and, I got my ass done because niggas wasn't looking at me and I ain't like yeah. how I felt, I'd be like, oh, shit, fuck it. Well, then, but because okay. it disarms the dishonesty. So what I'm saying to you isn't so much that you have a problem, like what, what we act, can deconstruct is the, exactly, what you don't have, you don't have a problem yeah, with the right, act, right. Yeah, you have a problem it. with the dishonesty. Yeah, because I, I know chicks. They'll be like, yo, I, I strip because, yeah. nigga, I don't want to fucking work or whatever. And I'll be yeah. like, oh, shit, I can't. All right, nigga, like. Be and, but, that's <laughs> be but, but that, and I think that, like, certain topical areas, it's easy for us to highlight because those are the things that people bring up and those are the things we talk about. But at the end of the day, like, when you talked about where you draw your boundaries, I think that what you just did or what we just did strips away all of the extra shit and goes to the, the fundamental thing that you don't fuck with dishonesty. Yeah, it, that, it, you might be right about that. I mean, I, I, I definitely go. don't like, because I'm a person to keep it real no matter how fucked up it is. Exactly. So for me, it's hard for somebody to be like, why you lie about that? Yeah. Because I'll just tell you the truth. And plastic surgery is a visual representation of dishonesty in your mind if, if they're presuming that, like, I didn't do this for anybody else. Like, it's like walking dishonesty. Yeah, like, what are you talking about? Like, exactly. Why did you do it then? Like, you did it for yourself? Exactly. Because to break that down, that's a whole other conversation. It's like, I didn't do it for nobody but myself. Yes, you did. Like maybe they, but my thing is maybe they did, maybe they didn't. The the issue isn't whether it who they did it for. It's the implication that you feel like they're not being truthful. Yeah, no, but I'm just saying this. Yeah. That that's what I said. That's a whole other topic. Is yeah. like when you say, "Oh, I didn't do it. I didn't like how I looked." Why? When you break exactly. that down, it's because you're like, I'm not getting the attention. Like it, it, it subconsciously you're doing it for someone else because. And, it's and like, with that. Why are you fucking you? Or do you wake up and say I don't even want to look at me? Truthfully, no, you don't say. It. You're like I know niggas want fat asses. That I see my boyfriend liking all these pictures on Instagram. I want to get a bigger butt. That's probably true, but I think that what you're highlighting is a deeper conversation into the psyche of yeah, why, that's why I said it's anybody. Whole... But I, but I think that what you've done in terms of doing yourself a service is giving yourself that pause. Instead of saying I know, you're saying I don't know. And I think that that's like what growth demands. It growth demands the fact that like we we have a, a functional way that we look at the world and reality, and we know that like this is what I see as the truth. But when you want to grow, you give yourself a little pause. And this is what this whole podcast is about. The whole I don't know thing is like I don't know what's right or wrong. What I'm giving people is an opportunity to sit with themselves and say, "This is who I am, but who do I want to be?" And, and you may know, you may not know, but a lot of times people don't get that opportunity to ask themselves those questions. So I'm gonna tell you where I'm at right now in my in, in this phase of my life is I wanna be less judgmental mm -hmm. of things on the surface. Yeah. So if I say, Why why'd you do that? Or whatever, and you'd be like, Oh, well, and I'm like, oh shit, okay. Yeah. Because there's so much this this hidden behind the agenda. You know, mm -hmm. you're like, well, why did you do that? 
We don't ask that question. You just, yeah. like I said, we use the surgery thing. You see a chick got her ass and you like, why the fuck did you do that? Because mm-hmm. uh, I wanted to, uh, and if you might have a real conversation with her and bring down the threat level where she doesn't feel like on defense, she might Absolutely. be like, well, every time I go out with my friends, they all getting chose. I never, you know what I mean? Like she might have, you'd be like, yeah. and, and that made me feel like this. And then I had kids and I didn't like how I looked and it made me, you'd be like, oh shit, well, go ahead, get it done. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you, you become empathetic you understand. because you're like, oh, I, I get, I've been there. I felt not wanted or exactly. I know that, you know what I mean? Can I offer a really quick example of exactly what I think you're talking about? Yeah. Like, I don't want to cut you off. Oh, no, like one of the things when I used to do work and I did cultural competence work, I used to use the example of be like me talking to somebody was racist. Like back in the day, I went to a Trump rally, talked to somebody, right? And when you, I'm not saying all Trump voters are racist, whatever, right? That, I'm not trying to get to that. But my bigger point is that when you talk to somebody who's maybe racist, what it fundamentally boils down to is fear. If you think about what they are, is that people are fearful. And if you, and not to say that people who are racist are correct, because everybody's responsible for their behavior and how yeah. to react to how they feel. But what I'm looking at is that I can relate to fear. If you strip away what they're doing, it's the same behavior. You reject it, you want to eradicate it, whatever the case is, you want to get rid of the thing you're afraid of. And I understand fear, but if I can understand fear, then I can connect with you. And if I can connect with you, then I can help you understand your own fear and change your own beliefs. If you look at anybody, all of these people who say they're reformed Nazis, the one thing that they say is fundamental to what caused them to change is that somebody got them to be afraid of what their future was like something yeah and like that's why i think it's so important to what you're talking about the process you're describing isn't so much about changing your own beliefs it's getting to a point where you can fundamentally connect and understand somebody else and whatever you think beyond that is up to you but that's why i think understanding that's why this podcast exists it's not to say like this is right or this is wrong or whoever is it's like understand it then make a decision and, and that's bro it's crazy you said it because there'd be so many people that just the world like the country as a whole would frown upon you know what i mean like oh yeah. she's a stripper she's sex worker whatever yeah but the, the reality is if you really sat down with some of these people and just had a regular you take away what they do you don't judge you just say hey what's your name what you how did you get here oh i was molested as a, you know whatever yeah, yeah. like damn then you start to empathize with them. You're like, Absolutely. oh, I see. You don't view them the same way as you Absolutely. did. As, oh, this is home. Get the fuck away from my car. You need to change, motherfucker. Get a fucking yeah. job, nigga. You talk to them like, yo, how did you become homeless? Absolutely. Oh, man, I was, I was a lawyer. My, my wife took everything. Uh, he's like, oh, these bitches is crazy, dog. Yeah, like, absolutely. Then you start to be like, yo, bro, get in. I'm just going to take <laughs> fuck with this nigga. You know Connect, what I'm saying? Yo. A lot of times, even growing up, this, and I learned that you live in neighborhoods. You don't like a nigga because, oh, he's from Homewood. I'm from Garfield. Some of my best friends to this day are Homewood. Yeah. That people I would have tried to probably shoot at mm-hmm. 20 years ago. Now I'm just like, oh, that's my dude. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Because you never, you let uh, a preconceived notion or a, a bias stop you from even getting to know the person. So now I just want to be like, I just want to get to know why. Then there'll be some people you be like, yeah, you're definitely a piece of shit. <laughs> I got to and know that's you cool. and fuck you. You know what I mean? And, like, but you, you have more information. But now it's based off of dealings instead of because that's what happens in America. Yeah. White people might call cops on see you and be like, oh, do you live in this building? Mm-hmm. Like, bitch, I'm on a penthouse. Fuck is you yeah. talking about? <laughs> but guess what? They just, they're looking at your skin color. Yeah. You don't fit the mold. So now it's, nigga, do you live here? But if they talk to you, they'll be like, this nigga's smarter than me. Yeah. Fuck. I one gotta get my one, way up. You know one of my favorite examples, yo, because it's a movie I champion all the time is The Fast and the Furious. And it's like, you could look at the trailer and be like, yo, that movie's trash. I ain't gonna go see that. 
but then you can go see the movie and then leave the leave the movie theater and be like that movie's trash both of those people reach the same conclusion but somebody has way more information about why that is yeah it's like be the second person like i'm not telling you to believe one thing or the other but at least be informed about what it is that you believe and think especially the things that influence how you move about the world. That's yeah, all I'm saying. Yeah, because it's like you could both be right. Yeah, exactly. But you just got lucky. Exactly. He's right because he did the the, the work. due diligence. Yeah. And you're like, oh, this motherfucker, Vin Diesel, you stop it. <laughs> Spaceships. But the, the hey, but here. the power of family. Don't disrespect the power of family, I just bro. Said, what, what I just said. I said yesterday, you can do anything with family, Letty. Swear to God, what yo. What are you talking about? On God, bro? you can. That's the hidden message if you haven't noticed behind the Fast and the Furious, yo. But um. My next question that I ask every guest is, who are the people that came before you and what did they teach you? So, in my career or just in life? Yeah, whatever you prefer, yeah. Um, so, so, in my regular life, I'll, I'll say this, I'll use this, because this is more important. Uh, people, I, and I'll name a couple, these people I met before me that were older than me, they kind of gave me the tools to become who I was mm -hmm. to even be where I'm at. So uh, my dad and my stepfather, mm -hmm. Coach Bob, Coach Garth, um, my uncles, I, I grew up with them. All They instilled all the, this is what it is to be a man. You know. So now, even if I guess that definition is different now, mm -hmm. those those people right there gave me the, the intestinal fortitude to be like resilient, to be, I remember going to basic training and shit, mm -hmm. and the drill sergeant's going crazy on me, and I'm just like, "Nigga, you must not know who my dad is. This is a uh, this is preseason. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm ready. You know <laughs> Easy what I'm work. So they built me for a life that was. They they prepared me for the, a world that was reality, not like some I wanted to be this way. They're like, this is how it is. Yeah. So those people, like I said, my stepfather, my father, Coach Bob, Coach Garth, those were dudes were instrumental. And then to be honest, man, some of the people that are just my friends that I hung with, they were my peers, iron sharpens iron. So you around them, people, yeah. it's like, oh, I can't let Kev down. I can't let Dre down. Like, yeah. So you become a better version of yourself to not, you know what I mean? So those are the people, man, it's like my family. Then now in, in the comedy aspect is like people like Tony Rock, who gave me opportunities, who mentored me, David Arnold, rest in peace. Uh, Absolutely, rest in peace, David Chappelle, Arnold. Like just having those people to look up to or talk to, I call Tony right now. Mm -hmm. If he ain't doing a show, he'll pick up the phone, ask him a question, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's been through it. He's given me all the games. So those are the people that, personal life, professional life, that kind of- Put ahead. you on that path. Yeah, and put me on a path and gave me the game. Why do you think it's those those men that, that step out to you? Cause like, I mean, in case you don't know, there's a theme, I always ask why. But like, out of all the, the people that have impacted you, why those people, why those friends, why those mentors, why those father figures? Um, if I didn't know then when it was happening, I could tell you now that whatever, you know, sometimes they say, yeah, you, people don't remember what you said to them, but they remember how you, how, how they feel. Maya feel. Angelou, yep. So those people just are significant to me. So like when I come home to Pittsburgh to visit, I, I have to see Bob. It's like, if I come home and don't see him, I fucked up. Mm -hmm. My dad passed away, so I don't, I can't see him now. But my, my stepfather, I see him. Sorry my to uncles, hear that, man. I, no, it's, it's all yeah. good. I see my uncles. I go see these people that are important to me. I, uh, my man Cam Bub too. He was like, he was an older nigga, OG from the hood, mm -hmm. and now we like super close. Those people, my man Dane, he was a nigga from Homewood. Mm -hmm. 
20 years ago, I'd have been trying to clip him. Now I'm like, bro, this <laughs> motherfucker, he didn't put money in my pocket. He, mm -hmm. I did my trucking business with him, all that. So there's certain people that are just like, no matter what it is, when I come home, I have to see them because I can't tell you why, but I know that they're important to me and they're important to my growth. And mm -hmm. I, I just lean on them. So I don't, like I said, again, it, it could, it's probably a bunch of reasons, but this is how I feel. Usually when they, people can't say the why, they say, I don't know, Tom. So if you want to give me, no, I'm just joking, but. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't, Tom, I don't know. No, it's cool. But no, beyond <laughs> that, the, what I'm saying though is that like, there seems to be a consistent thread amongst all of these men is that they, they embody some notion of masculinity that you seem to be chasing. Like, why do you think that is, is what I'm asking. I don't, I don't know if it's a, a masculinity thing. I think that these people I'm talking about that I feel, I, I trust them. Mm. You know what I mean? They, their track record is proven. So, like, for instance, with, with Dame, he, I met him. I went to high school with his wife. That's how I even met him, but then we became super close. I know of his business, I can ask him questions. He's, he's gonna give me, you know what I mean? So I'm like, oh, I can rely on this. Can get it the same thing. He's a nigga I grew up with. He's my sister's age, but I was, you know. Mm -hmm. So these people are people I respect. And then when I, and I know they're there for me. They genuinely, genuinely care. I respect them. So when I, it's not, I wouldn't say masculinity, it's just that maybe we had a similar values. Mm -hmm. That's what I was wondering. So yeah. maybe similar values, like yeah. oh, he moves the way I move, mm. and that's why we get on. He's thorough. Could be that I don't know, but it's just like, and then some people it's like I know if I talk to them, whatever advice they gonna give me, I may not, I might not even follow it. But when I'm talking to them, I, I at least respect it, and I'm like, oh, this person mm -hmm. cares. So whatever advice they're giving me is from the, they mean well, even yeah. if I don't take it or it, it's not good advice, I know they mean well, and yeah. that means a lot to me because. Well, in this situation, like comedy is like, there's times where it's like, oh, it's going great. Then it's like, oh, I'm struggling. And I know these I'd be people I can reach out to and be like, yo, and they'll be like, yeah, I got you. I believe in you. Yeah. So that could be it too. A person believing in you, you feel comfortable, Yeah. you know, with them. That What's striking to me is that, and, and, and tell me I'm wrong if I'm wrong, but it sounds like to me as somebody who's seen a significant degree of like, traumatizing experiences or had a significant degree of traumatizing experiences you've potentially relied on people that you can trust like you mentioned you can trust that you could see a part of yourself in and that you feel like can help you get wherever you want to go it, it sounds like those are consistent themes that you've looked in in terms of like anybody that you've like latched on to yeah so uh so it's different right so like someone like with coach bob this dude was he coached me when I was a little kid. Yeah. My mom, I'll get in trouble at school, and I'm like, yeah, call my mom. And they're like, no, nah, we call my Bob. like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> don't, don't do that. Shout out you to Coach Bob, yeah. Because I knew that when I looked at him, I seen, like, this is a man, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So and maybe maybe that is it. It's like, he's masculine, he's not weak. He's like, mm -hmm. I, You look at him is, in a yeah, way, yeah. A bunch of my friends, just like, or people I looked up to, my, my father, my stepfather, my uncles, mm -hmm. Something about them embodied what I wanted to be. Uh, exactly. And their actions was like, okay, they're not just saying this, they're doing it. Mm -hmm. And so I'm following our lead. Like my uncle was got double master's degree, went to the Air Force, all that shit. Mm -hmm. And he's super intelligent. And we have conversations and there'd be a part in the conversation, I'm like, I don't know what the fuck this nigga's talking about, bro, <laughs> I'm lost. But I know he's smart, so when I, yeah. I got something political, I'll be like, yo, let me run this by you. If it's, I had these different people in my life that have different strengths. 
and weaknesses, but all of them I, I respect is the bottom line. Absolutely. And so for me, I see these dudes, I, I, I see counsel, I feel safe. Other people, I'll be like, nigga, I want to ask you for the directions to a fucking Target. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I feel like that's that's a very low-hanging fruit to ask people for directions to Target, but I feel you being protective of your space. Um, <laughs> but you know, niggas will be like, yeah, oh, which, which Target you want to go? Nigga, where the fuck is a Target at, fam? <laughs> All right, man. Well, let me ask you this. What's something you think you're good at? Comedy. All right. I knew that was the easy answer, but I just figured I'd ask it anyway. I mean, if you want me to go. No, it's, it's whatever, yo. I think I'm good at. Well, it's still comedy. I'm good at making people laugh because mm-hmm. even outside of comedy, I'm just cracking jokes. And yeah. Just, like, that's nigga funny as hell. Yeah, yeah. That ain't necessarily comedy. I know people that are funny as hell that can never get on stage. Yeah. But, but what, what is it about making people like laugh in particular out of all the things you can make somebody Bro, feel? Think about it. If you. I've been, I did a show, I've done a bunch of shows. You up there, you're telling your jokes. You're not thinking about nobody in particular in the audience. Mm-hmm. You're telling the jokes. After the show, someone be like, yo, my dad just died. Mm. And I was depressed. My husband drugged me out to the show. Like, we already had tickets. I didn't want to come. And then just hearing you just made me, even if it's for however, I'm going to stay for an hour, 20 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever, to uh, uh, impact someone like that where I take them away from whatever it is that's fucked up. Mm-hmm. Bro, that's the... They say giving is the most selfish act. Yeah. Because basically the reward is Absolutely. like... Absolutely. I was just about to say no that. No one just gives and be like... You know when people give and it's anonymous? I, I understand. Even though it's anonymous, nigga, they... They know. Like, yeah, you know I, know, I know exactly what so you mean. The, yeah. The, the public might not know, but niggas know. Yeah. So for me, it's like doing something for somebody and not expecting nothing in return... It's but like, getting it anyway. I'm not getting it from them. Yeah. I'm getting it from the world. Like, yo, let me get somebody laugh. Like, yo, my dad died, mm-hmm. and I'm hearing stomach hurting. I mean, I'm doing life in prison, but, and you making me laugh, nigga? But, but, but what's striking, I don't know if you notice it, is that you're not talking about everybody laughing. You're talking specifically about people that are dealing with significant trauma. You mentioned somebody's dad who died. You mentioned somebody who was in prison. Like, you keep mentioning... Like, you're not talking about, like, yo, I just... Like, had the best day of my life, and you just made it better. Like, you're talking about people who are dealing with shit, and you're turning the table. Like, that seems to be a consistent thread in, in what you seemingly want to do. I think the world will be a, is a better place. Like, so ideally, right, you see people that are billionaires, mm-hmm. those motherfuckers are homeless. It's never, ever going to be where everybody's just flat across, we're all successful. Absolutely, yeah. That's not how the world works. Yeah. Somebody got to flip the fucking burgers. Okay. So, when, you, when you're in a position to help someone who's in more, like, there's people who don't need no help. Yeah. And there's other people like, yo, I need welfare. Yeah. Right? Welfare is a, uh, is a, a system. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But if it was one person and was like, no, 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 I got you. I'll pay you every month. Yeah. Like, there was somebody, I can't remember who it was, and, and the details when we fucked up, but this dude was paying the rent for somebody, some woman who, she might have been like violating civil rights. I don't, I fucking can't yeah, remember. The nigga was paying her rent the whole forever. Yeah. She wasn't getting welfare from the state, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He was doing it because her situation spoke to him. He's like, that's fucked up. Yeah. He paying her fucking rent forever. She didn't got to live. He probably like, it ain't nothing to him. He got money. But to her, she's like, man. It's everything. So helping somebody who is going through something and and changing their their demeanor is because if I'm depressed, 
and then a motherfucker gets me out of that. Mm -hmm. I'm like, bro, thanks, bro. I needed that because I was <laughs> fucked up. So that's more than, hey, man, I got a promotion. Then you yeah. made me laugh. You're like, get the no, fuck out of here. But but line, but, but I think that like you you can't when you're on that stage you can't delineate between hey I got a promotion you made me laugh and I'm fucked up you made me laugh. So I think that that's the beauty of what you're describing and the reason your why is so important. Like there's a whole lot of hows and how you can do whatever you're called to do. But the why is super important because that's what gets you to do it. And it sounds like, if, if I'm correct, that your why is predicated on flipping the script for people who are dealing with a lot of shit, regardless of what that is. I mean, I want to make everybody laugh, but it means more if a person says, That's Yo, what I'm saying. I, because it's, that's more impactful. Because in some ways, it, it's like, it, it sounds like you're allowing yourself to look at it in the same way they do. Because you're, you're describing shit that you went through. So if somebody can find like joy out of you growing from your comedy, then it's like this makes sense now. That's what it sounds like. It's a, it's a, it's more rewarding. If, yeah, exactly. If uh, so, if you got two kids, yeah, you buy Christmas gifts for the kids, mm -hmm. and one kid is like, these ain't your kids. These are just you. You buy kids gifts for kids that are in need. You buy one kid one some something, other kid another, you know, another gift. One kid's like, oh, man, you know, I, 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 you know thanks. You know, yeah. Cool. Other kid's like, man, I ain't got a bed. This is, I needed this pillow. Exactly. Like, Get the fuck out of here, nigga. I want to talk to this motherfucker. It's, it's, the, it's, the, it's like a, the return on your investment. I, I, I agree with that, but my thing is that, like, there's different ways to look at the return on the investment. You seem predisposed to the struggle, people that get at, like, the person that's super appreciative of where this came from because – it connects with you. That's what I'm saying. Like, there, everybody in the audience can laugh. And a comedian can say, look, as long as I'm making people laugh, that's what matters. You've drawn, like, you've drawn a delineation and laughter in the sense that you want your art to connect with a certain type of person. I wanted to That heal. means more, ex there you go. That's what I'm saying. I, I don't that's want what I'm saying. Just be like, oh, we had a good time. Exactly. That's good, but it's like, I want somebody to leave and be like, you don't know how much that meant to me. Exactly. Much, that's so, I want my art to be to pour in the to healing, yeah, to heal, and so and, and I tell this joke. I'm not gonna say it on here because it's one of my closures. Right. No, please don't. I, don't I want tell you to spoil the joke, anything. and I'm like, you know, basically like oh, laughter heals all. Mm -hmm. It's a big buildup. Then I hit him with this nut shit. But mm -hmm. it, the reality is, I'm, I'm saying some real shit. Is like, yo, if everybody that came to the show was just in a good mood, does that count? Like you made them laugh. Like well, you already want to laugh. Yeah. If you get a motherfucker to cane, it's like my dad just died. We just buried my dad two days ago. Yeah. And you got a motherfucker in stitches tearing. Yeah. You're like, fuck, I don't care what none of y'all thought. This motherfucker. <laughs> there you go. This is it. Because this is, it, it's more. But that's why I think that's important, yo, to highlight and to put a pin in. Because when everything else is wishy-washy, when you don't know why you're doing whatever it is you meant to do, you know that, like, your art is meant to heal. Because that, in a way, is healing you, it sounds yeah. like. Like for me, when I do this podcast, it, 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 it satiates my curiosity, but it's based on me wanting to grow. It requires me to sit back, to quiet my perspective, or at least work on doing that, to listen to somebody else and to enter their world. And the, after okay, that's done, understanding. exactly, can't understand it. So in order to understand it, I got to grow. What you're doing is not just going up on stage because we've been saying it all the time. Like if I make people laugh, that's dope, whatever, whatever. You're going up there to try to heal people. Yeah. And that's a different motivation than other comedians that's going up there for different reasons. Facts. You know what I'm saying? Real so that, that's what makes it special. 
Could you pause this so I can piss? No, yeah, go ahead. I gotta piss. <laughs> All right, we back. Let's make sure the audio is picking up. Yo, yo, yo. All right, we back, we back. I appreciate you letting me know you needed to take a piss break. <laughs> All right, yo, so what is coming back to the pod, the question I have for you is, what are you afraid of? Um, man, that's deep. I, I, I want to say I don't know, but I do know. You can say I don't know, Tom, nah, at any point. <laughs> no, nah, so I'll be honest, I have yeah. like two major fears. I don't feel fear of failure, mm-hmm. but like Kanye says, like, yo, you know, sometimes it feels like living is harder than dying. Giving mm-hmm. up is way harder than trying. Like mm-hmm. for me to quit, I fear that. Like mm. to just have to live with that, like that's yeah. like to quit. To know you ain't give it your best. Yo, that's, that's a, that, that, and then it's like letting my family down. Okay. And I don't even want to say like mainly my daughter. Mm-hmm. If she's like, what the fuck, dad? Like we came out here, you quit. <laughs> I'll be, I'll be crushed. You think she'd be, say that to you? She's real. She's a real <laughs> nigga, dog. She'd be saying some wild shit. She yeah. might say that. She's, you know what she told me? When I started doing the, the, the podcast, the, well, I didn't podcast, whatever, the, the, my, my daily show, mm-hmm. I was buying all this shit. I was setting it up in her room because she's got space in there. Yeah. And she's like, I don't even know why you're doing all that. You're just going to quit like you did comedy back oh, in the day. Oh, shit. And I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, yeah, remember you was doing it before and you quit? Mm. You ain't going to finish this. That's real. And I was like, what made you say that? And she was just like, well, didn't you quit? That's and I was like, yeah, I did. You know what I mean? But Damn. I was like, it wasn't because I just didn't feel like it. It was just, you know what I mean? But that let me know that she didn't understand why, but it was just an example for her. She was like, well, you quit that, so yeah. you probably will quit this. That's real. And I was like, oh, I have to be the example where she says, oh, my dad ain't never quitting. He, and so that was all I needed to hear to be like, oh, I gotta That's keep real. going. So I was just letting her down and then mm-hmm. just, or, or giving up on myself, knowing I got more in the tank. Yeah. What's that, the second one? Basically that, letting yeah. letting my daughter down and then myself just, yeah. like, disappoint myself. Like, yo, you okay. quit, bro, what's wrong with you? Yeah, I, I definitely, like, I, I think a lot about it, um, like, setting these hard lines, like this whole Mamba mentality shit. And I remember, like, it's real basic, Star Wars, me being a nerd, like, Yoda said, do or do not, there is no try. And I think it's easy for people to say, like, oh, I'm going to try to do this, I'm going to try to do I that. I had a quote similar to that. Yeah. Um, uh, Marlo Stanfield, he said, either do it or don't, but I got places, places to be. To be. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Marlo. <laughs> either do it or you don't, but I got places to be. Absolutely. That was yo. his intro into the wire. He yeah. was like, do it or don't. I got places to be. But I got be, places yo. to be. Like, get this. But that's such a, like, <laughs> but when you think about that, the, what I like about that mentality is that it forces you to be honest with yourself. Like, you can't just equivocate. You can't just say, like, you're thinking about it, you're tinkering. Like, no, either you're going to commit or you're not. Because you know if you commit, if you're being honest with yourself, what it takes of you to commit. And you know if you fall short of that, then you're not committing. So it's like that responsibility, that's what I like about Men that statement. Men don't really have – we're not afforded the, the opportunity or the leeway to be indecisive. Mm-hmm. Like – and some people don't agree with this. I don't care. Like I, men yeah. are leaders, yeah. we're providers, we're protectors. We're like the word. I don't want to be in a world without women. Yeah. But for men, we have to be this certain. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work any other way. No yeah. matter how this, you know, liberal people think, it does not work. Yeah. If men, I've seen women with dudes, and they're like emotional, mm-hmm. and they're expressing their feelings, and she's like, "Nigga, come fuck me, Drake." <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like. It just doesn't yeah. work like that. Men have to be solid. So it's like yeah. if you're indecisive and you're like, wow, I don't know, 
Make a fucking choice and live with it. Yeah. Even if you make the wrong one, be like, yeah. fuck it, I went for it, it didn't work. The, Women can be indecisive. Yeah. They, can, they don't. They don't know what they eat. They don't want to know. They don't know what color their nails are going to be. They don't know how, how they want their hair done. Yeah. Men got to go in there. Same shit from the last thirty weeks. Line yeah. me up. They have to be de- decisive. So for us, I got. It. I got Just you. Do it. And I think that the challenge for people is that decision require like requires the acceptance of consequence. And and that's the that Fact. that is the challenge is that like the the indecision allows you to equivocate and not address that once you make a decision there's a consequence for every ever, action there's a reaction. You ever heard somebody say, "Yo, let me tell you this," and they're like, "Hey, if it was me, I would do whatever." But yeah, yeah. I ain't telling you telling to do, you do that. that. Yeah, I'm just telling you what I would do if yeah. you do it. Don't because they don't want to be, bear the responsibility exactly. of saying, "Yeah, I told you to quit that job and now exactly. you're homeless." Tell them just like, "Hey, hey, hey don't listen uh, to me." I'm they don't just saying, respond- yeah. Mo- a, a real man of like, what I'm telling you to do is this. There's a Hindu teaching that a student told me that the, that hell is not, uh, it's not a like where you end up if you're bad. It's like indecision. It's like the, the concept of hell. There isn't a concept of hell in Hinduism, but they were saying that like the the bad thing is indecision. I'm about to read this, this quote to you. I just posted. Yeah. This shit is, and I seen it was like, oh, this is perfect. Let me see. Uh, the cost of not following your heart is spending the rest of your life wishing you had. Mm. Sort of like indecision. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you don't know. You don't know. Another Think about a quarterback. Yeah. Big Ben back in the pocket. Yeah. He don't know. <laughs> yeah. Nigga, throw it to AB. Let the <laughs> fucking ball go. Nigga, like, let it go. You're going to throw a pick now, dog, because you fucking around. Now Bro, it's traumatized. He's talking you. about the Steelers in, like, 2015. The, 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 <laughs> the defense is <laughs> in your eyes. Now they even fucking hunted you out. Throw yeah. the fucking rock, bro. Absolutely. Just live with it. Absolutely. I don't know if like, you throw a straight pick six. You'd be like, fuck it. I did yeah. it. And they, and they say that the great quarterbacks can go out there and shrug that off, right? Like, they can say, like, yeah, through. Like, even if you, uh, one of my boys, they call him uh, Sunshine from uh, Remember the Titans. Remember but, the uh, Titans. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Trey L- oh, No, I almost said no, Trey no, Lance. Um, uh, Trevor, uh, from, Trevor Lawrence. From, Trevor Lawrence from Jacksonville. Yeah. He, uh, what was the game they had in the playoffs? He threw, like, four interceptions the first half, came back through four TDs. Like, that. that is what it requires. I had a, uh, a gentleman, because I didn't grow up with – people that were like solid father figures in my life. I grew up with good men, but Yeah, I remember like, you told me that at my cookout. Yeah, I know. All right, here we go, dog. <laughs> <laughs> here we go. It was about to come out. It was about to he come He said, yo, out. dog, I know what it feel like to grow up without a dad. I was like, nigga, I'm arguing with the nigga right now. What are you talking about? Yeah. No. It yeah, it's time to go, bro. All right, yeah, here we go. All right, it got to come up. Shout out to Ferg. Shout out yeah. to Ferg. No, 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 it's time to go. Absolutely, yo. But no, like... So I had some good men in my life. <laughs> but one of the things that I heard recently that said, <laughs> like, a you. good man, it just do what you say you're going to do. Yeah. That's it. And that, and that take, but, th- but when you, but that takes, when you understand what that means, that takes a lot of responsibility a to lot. do, yo. And that's, and that's real. <laughs> you can't just talk, you can't just say stuff. It, it, it gives you pause to the wild stuff you say, but it also gives you a responsibility for the great things you say. Bro, listen, the, if you look at it in the dating dynamic, right? Yeah. If you if you tell a woman you're going to do something, even if it don't work out, she yeah. looks at you like, well, he said he was going to do it. And he, Absolutely. And he did it. If you pity pad and be like, I don't know, and then it don't work out, yeah. you look like a straight sucker. Absolutely. Yo, you you said you was going to do it, bullshit, and then it didn't, <laughs> get the fuck out of here. Yep. Like, it's like, oh, we well, did it. You know what I mean? I respect anybody to be like, I want to do something. Even if it fails 
bad. He'd be like, well, he stood on it. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? If you tell him, I'm going to beat the fuck out of you when I see you, <laughs> and then you run up on that nigga and get beat the fuck up, you, you be at least like, tried. nigga, at least he said, he ain't yeah. lying. He said what he was <laughs> People respect that. So you're saying, yeah. just like stand on it, but you can't be indecisive. You have yeah. to just be like, you got to go do it. All right. So my next question that I ask everybody is, who do you want to become? Like, if you could wave a magic wand, have all the resources, whatever you need, like, what is the ultimate version that you look like? Uh, like you want me to use a person? You. I want you to give me, paint the scene that's you, your ultimate version of you. Okay, if it's me, right? I want to get rich enough and famous enough to where I can make, I can leverage my, my brand, mm-hmm. which will be me. Um, I want to buy a, I want to buy Fort Pitt Elementary. Okay. And I want to turn it into swimming pool, hoop, like basically like a an outlet for the kids in that neighborhood, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, I want to get back to the community every year, like constantly doing stuff to, to affect change. And the people that look like, you know, me, grew up like me, to have them to do something where they're not like, yo, we ain't got shit, so we can go rob somebody or break some car. I, I want to be someone at the end of the day where they're like, yo, that dude, he meant something to me. He impacted my life. I want to impact. Mm-hmm. I don't fuck how much money I go, you know, when I leave out. If somebody be like, yo, that that nigga, man, I love this motherfucker. This one time he did this for me. He did, mm-hmm. he was caring, he was giving, he always, he would take the shirt off his back for you. Mm-hmm. Like, when I go, I want that to be the thing is like, mm-hmm. where the people saying fuck him is just people that can't be accountable or just don't like the truth. But the, yeah. the rest of the people on them be like, man, I can call, that nigga talk shit, but I call him and he'd be right there to do this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I just want to be the, a, a person that when I go, my legacy is, man, that motherfucker was, the world is not, is a, is a worse place without him. Yeah. I think that's important. Like, it sounds like you want your legacy to be impactful for those who have less than, both in a physical sense, like a physical presence, a monument, whatever that looks like, but also in an ideological sense, like the way you're thought about, the way that people remember you. Like, why is that important? Like, it, uh, I can see the connection between the role models that you have and who you want to be remembered as, but. So think about this. Someone like, uh, I'm trying to think of someone who, who's passed recently. Doesn't matter, let's just say, you yeah. know, a rich person. They die. Okay, cool. We still talking about Martin Luther King. Yeah. Malcolm X. They, them niggas wasn't rich. Absolutely. So. I'll, I want to have money, but I want to use it because I want to do good things to make other people. Bro, this life ain't shit if you're not doing nothing for somebody else. Like, it just doesn't. That's just my view. I mean, somebody yeah. might disagree. They're like, I don't I mean, there's a lot of people that disagree. That's why I'm asking you, like, why is it so important for you that you do for other people? That's what's curious. Well, that's what makes what me happy. It's, it's, a, it's what the world needs. Yeah. It makes me. If I can do something. Bro, if we ended this interview and you was like, yo, you needed something and I can do it. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. You, you don't think about why that is for you, though? Like, why you are so inclined to give and provide? I think because it's just the world is a better place like that. Not everyone, like I said earlier, no one's, just, you got billionaires and homeless people. There's no fucking equation where everyone is all on the same plan. True. Field. So the welfare system in the government is basically just a blueprint of how life should be. Yeah. The people who have done well to need to reach back and help the people who can. I don't care what it is. If it's financial, yeah. if it's, you know, yo, I, I, I'll take you here. I want to show you. I just like making people be like, man, this dude, man, he showed me something that 
helping people. I don't know. I can't tell. I don't know, Tom. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't no. know. But it, <laughs> no. it feels good to me to do something for somebody. No, I, I think that's real, though. And I, But, like, the thing that I always find interesting is that the further we get away in terms of our success from our traumas, the more they kind of seem cyclical in the sense that, like, it, from as you as a person that's experienced a lot, that has done a lot, you've seen salvation in these mentors. And it seems, like, almost, like, necessary that you have that same impact on others maybe like like i'll use coach bob that's a guy that we're super close like a father to me yeah we talk he's one of the people that i have to see him when i come in town we sit and talk his whole life mission been coaching little league football mm -hmm. then he transferred that into a non-profit where now them same kids go to day camp or mm -hmm. you know summer camp after school program he's giving back he's con this nigga don't take vacations Mm -hmm. He don't do shit. He missed plenty of shit of like his kids' own shit. Yeah. His son's like, y'all got a game. He's like, I got a gator practice. Yeah. I'll try to make it. You know you what I mean? You ever asked like, me why? And I did. I brought him on a show oh, yeah. and he said, the only people I've ever cheated in this world was my family because I was too busy giving myself to all these other families mm. that needed me more than my family did. Mm. And I just like admired him for that because I'm like, that's the most selfless thing you could do is like, bro, I coached for eight years with them. Mm-hmm. And there'd be times, like, from July to fucking September, I mean, October, I'm like, fuck this, bro. <laughs> this is some bullshit. You can't go nowhere. You can't yeah. travel. Your weekends is tied up. Like, but it was a, the best eight years of my fucking life because kids would be like, yo, Coach Mike, uh. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, this motherfucker remember me and shit. It just, it's just the most rewarding feeling. So maybe growing up under that being like, yo, I'd rather give back than, than take. But, it, like, I'll tell you, I don't, ever, I don't really do anything to be like, Oh, I'm gonna do this because it's like a deposit into yeah. the bank. Like, Kev, so we we'll use Kev for example. One day he hit me up and was telling me a story. I forgot all about this shit. He was like, Yo, you let me use your car to go to on a job interview somewhere mm -hmm. way out, some fucking juvenile. I was mm -hmm. like, Huh? Because <laughs> to me, it was never like, Yo, I'm gonna use the car, nigga. You yeah. know, you owe me. It wasn't like yeah. that. I was like, Yo, go get the job. Go here. Get it done. Use my car. I'll be cool, whatever. He brought it up. I was like, what the fuck is you talking? I forgot all about, about this it, shit yeah. because it wasn't about me doing it. It was just like, yo, this is my friend. I'm Let me help him because I want to help people. Mm -hmm. So for me, like I said, back to the comedy shit, the best response is when the people who need me the most. Maybe I feel like I got to save people. I don't know. Maybe It goes back to that healing thing. Yo. Maybe like, that's why I be getting and, I mean, and be needing me and shit. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, where the fuck is the cape at? Nigga, like, I don't know. Because I'm telling you, yo. my best relationships have been with bitches that hey, needed me. All right, we ain't going to do this, yo. Like, you ain't putting that. <laughs> like, like, women, sorry, not bitches. I don't want to say that. <laughs> women that needed like that needed me, that was the ones that I poured my... Yeah. When the chicks would be like, oh, I got my own job, all this, I'm like, man, get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> Where's the welfare recipients at? Nigga, I need to save you. But no, like, I think that that, that definitely speaks volumes. Like, that that concept of needing... Not, I would, well, needing to heal people... And doing that in a variety of different ways, you know what I'm saying? I think that's important. And it, it also, it's ironic, or I don't know if you ever thought about the synergy between needing to heal, needing to save, being a soldier. Like, it, it, that's, that's like the ultimate version of that. I got the, I'll, I'll wrap it up with this right now. And I thought, of, it's crazy you said that. I thought about this before. Yeah. I need purpose. Mm. If I don't have purpose, I'm not happy. That that's that's what a lot of people. Well, I want you to I want you to finish your point. Go ahead. No, that's my point. No, it's, like it's, 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 it's I so, feel like for men, yeah, men need purpose. Well, but for me, if I don't have a, and I and I talked about this other day, I said when I came home from the, the army, 
that was like my my darkest moments. Like I didn't have a purpose anymore. Yeah. When I was in war, it was you like it was exactly a purpose. What the it purpose was a purpose. Was. So without a purpose, I feel useless. And that's that's why I do this podcast because I think that that's where we're at. Like with this information age, there's so much information out there saying to be you should do X, Y, Z, whatever. The only way that I think that you can navigate that is knowing what your purpose is because right. that tells you what to say yes to, what to say no to. And I think like you being willing to share that, I appreciate that because I, I always use that as an uh, like an analogy that for people that are looking for purpose, the army is the ultimate manifestation of that because they remove the thought from it. They give you your purpose. They say, this is your purpose. Yeah, you don't have to find it. Exactly. Your mission is this. Exactly. They, ex exactly. And they make it unequivocal that that's that. But once you're out of that system, whether it be the army, whether you're a senior, whatever you're doing, your job, once that's removed, then you're out on the, the island to say like, well, what am I supposed to do now? And that's why when I came out in the army, I didn't have no job. I was just had savings, chilling, whatever. Yeah. I felt like shit. I was running around just drinking. Yeah. You know. Then I got a job at, at uh, Family Links, mm -hmm. and that came about because a close friend of mine, um, his name is uh, Jamel Lil Wood. He got killed, and I remember thinking about his whole life. Like he grew up, bro. Like in the, I'm from the Valley in Garfield. He grew up in a house that if you pick one house that was like the most like the epicenter of violence was mm -hmm. this nigga's house. We called Damn. it the oven because it was so hot. Damn, dog. And his parents, I don't think his his mom wasn't getting high, but his dad was. Mm -hmm. He just lived in the middle of the just trenches. He's like fucking Beirut. Mm -hmm. I'm like, this nigga never had a chance. Mm -hmm. Like, no matter what he wanted to do, it was always going to be cut off by what surrounded him. So when I buried him, we went to the funeral. I remember going to my mom's house. She lived right across the street from Family Links. And I was like, I wonder if I get a job there, if I could help get them people before they like them kids mm. before they get to that point and I started and that job was so rewarding then I worked for the SIS program best job ever I loved it it was so rewarding I had to interact with kids yo nigga come here bro what's yeah. wrong with you man giving game and shit and then all the jobs I had after I was driving trucks yeah. I made way more money but it was like ah, Wasn't whatever Philly. that's why you see teachers and counselors and social workers that make fucking 42,000 a year barely could pay their bills happy it's fulfilling. Because their job is fulfilling. They're fucking making shit. Garbage yeah. men making $100,000. They get all, they smell like shit. <laughs> yeah. They go home, they ain't doing no fucking, they got no purpose. Yeah. A teacher's like, I made $35,000 last year, but I fucking. Mm -hmm. I love what I do. It's like dangerous minds and shit. They go into that, um, but to the house and shit. Like, yeah, you're your kid. <laughs> you kid, you know what I'm saying? Motherfucker, uh, what's it when um, Samuel Jackson went to the, little, the pregnant girl's house and shit? Oh, like, yeah. Niggas love them shits because it's re the reward is not the salary. Yeah. It's the impact you make on people. Bro, the, no matter what you take from this part, this show, this episode is, I want to be positively impactful to people. So when I leave, they'll be like, yo, that motherfucker made a difference in my life that I appreciate. Yeah. Fuck the money, fuck the cars, all that shit. If people could talk about you when you die and you, you have a funeral and 1,500 motherfuckers show up, Mm -hmm. That was the best motherfucker. They went Ferg pass, bro. It was like nothing. Yeah, real uh, shit. Everybody was like, "Yo, Shout this nigga did this." R.I.P. Ferg. My man. Everybody had. There was nobody like. Nah, I didn't really care for him. Mm -hmm. Nobody said that. It was like, "Yo, this motherfucker helped me with this." And then it was people that you looked at like, oh, "I respect him," and he yeah. said he respect him. It was dope. That's when I go. It's like, yo, you can't take the money with you. You can't take the clothes, the cars, how many hoes you hit. You, none of that goes with you. Yeah. All they gonna talk about is how you made him feel, what impact you made on their lives. And to me, that's the most important thing in any aspect in this world is how you affect people and make them feel. People say I'm an asshole. I'd be like, you're either saying that because you don't like accountability 
Because I'm not just being rude. Yeah. Like, bitch, you're fat and you need to go work out. <laughs> I'm not doing no shit like that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I might be like, yo, why do you feel comfortable posing like that? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not being an asshole. I'm, tr- I'm, I'm genuinely concerned, all right, all right, all right. concerned about why you think that that's okay. And okay. Like, okay. Oh, he's an asshole. No, I'm not. I care about your health. All right. You get your fucking toes sawed off, bitch. Well, you suck and shit like Big it. mama, your arm. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> we're going to work on, we're going to work on, uh, what is it? Uh, uh, what is not grace? I forget what the word is. Cooth. There you Cooth. go. Thanks, Kev. Cooth. Sometimes you got to <laughs> just say it. How it <laughs> definitely got to work on Cooth, but I, I, I definitely appreciate that. And I mean, we've been bringing his name up a lot, man, but RIP Ferg, because I told Kev this, like, when I went to his, you know, his passing, his wife was uh, nice enough to have another ceremony here so I could attend Clarendon. And the one thing you saw in all of those video clips is that it was common denominator across the board. If he said he was gonna do something, he did it. Yeah. And that's all you can expect to be, I think, remembered as a man. Like, if you said you was gonna do something, you did it, that's powerful. And I remember leaving that thinking that, like, if I'm gonna be one of the dudes storming the beaches of Normandy that, didn't get clipped that ain't it ain't my time yet if it's still my time to keep moving forward then what am i doing here not being my best self not putting my you know my health my my talent whatever it is all of those factors of who i am what am i doing if i'm not putting that best foot forward you owe that to not only the the people who believe in you or your family you owe it to yourself absolutely to be, to i wake completely up every day agree and say yo i gotta be so right before Ferg passed right I'm reaching out to him. I, said, I remember she's like yesterday. I was on set doing a, a movie with Will Ferrell. Mm. And I was talking to Ferg like, yo, send me this workout plan. And he was sending it to me. And I was like, nigga, what is this? He was like, yeah. nigga, look it up, nigga. Like, yeah. I'm not holding your fucking house. Y'all call, <laughs> I'll call you. <laughs> Bitch, I'm not like doing you, that. Man. Like, I'm calling you. And he's like, all yeah. right. So I remember I was going to go. My man Kimba was visiting L.A. for his, like, family vacation. It was right around my birthday. It was June, beginning of June of uh, 2022. And uh, I was on my way to meet Kim Bub, and I'm on the phone with Ferg. He sent me like this fucking uh, Dropbox, mm-hmm. a workouts and shit. He's like, this is the one I do, all this shit. I'm talking and shit. And I remember at one point he was like, hey, my nigga, I don't give a fuck. Do the workout and then check in <laughs> when you ain't fat no more. <laughs> I was just asking too many like redundant questions, and, and you know yeah. him. He's not. Do it or don't. He's yeah. like, nigga, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. I'm not doing that. You ain't paying me for this shit. Yeah. I don't even know if you want to stick with it. And I Absolutely. was like, no, I'm going to stick with it. And then I remember he hang up the phone with him. Yep. like, man, fuck that nigga, bro. <laughs> and I meet my nigga Kimbo. We're talking and shit. And I remember I was doing a workout. And it was hard. And I was like, fucking doing it. Then he passed. Yeah. And I felt like a, a super, like, I got to do it now. Absolutely. I got to get less fat. Absolutely. I got to ungoo myself so I can yep. be like, ungoo yeah, myself. hey, yep. nigga, you fucking see me up there, bitch? What <laughs> the fuck is you yeah. talking about, nigga? Is this what so, you want from me? <laughs> is this what you want? So, so shout out to my nigga, Fark. Because, <laughs> yeah, brother. So, like, I knew that I felt like if I had stayed fat, I was letting him down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and then it's like, if I'd have been like, yo, bro, I miss you, be like, Yo, you crying over a grown man? <laughs> like, niggas is crying over... And, and, no, and no, 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 let's go back. He wouldn't have said anything like, ends is crying over a grown man? Swear, like you doing, yo. I'd have been like, yo, bro, nigga, we miss you. Nah, you pussy. All right, nigga, Swear, whatever. Yo. So I, I got, Swear. I really got on my fitness shit because it was like, I wanted to, like you asked me earlier, like, with me, I'm like, I, I wanted to make myself look better, but it was like, I felt mm-hmm. like he was looking at me like, right, nigga, I sent you a whole plan 
Mm-hmm. I pass and you still can't get slim, Absolutely. bitch. You gay. Yeah. Like, what's wrong with you, nigga? So right. it pushed me, but that, that dude was just like, everything about him was like, he just commanded respect. I respect that. Everything. Man. Like, when I seen dudes like BJ, like, I, I respect, I'm like, oh, he ain't get he ain't getting respect from sheep. Yeah. He getting respect from lions. Like yeah. so that was my guy, man. It was just like, damn, bro. Yeah. Moment of silence for Ferg, man. Appreciate it, yo. All right, man. My last question I have it circles back to the first. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> it's uh you, you you mentioned when I asked you originally who you are, you said a father, you said a soldier, you said a comedian. If I was to ask you again at the end of this podcast, who are you? What would you say, man? Man, I'm just somebody out here trying to figure it out like everybody else, man, and, and leave this world better than I found it. Absolutely. Because, I, I, man, I struggle with, like, being a dad. I struggle with a lot of shit, be self-doubt, all that. But it's like, if I can leave, again, back to, to um, the dude Inky Johnson, mm-hmm. I got this quote from him, and it was like, he was he was playing college ball. He was going somewhere, flying somewhere, and he went into the bathroom. And he said it was a sign up in the bathroom of the airplane. It said, "Leave it better than you found it." Mm-hmm. And I I adopted that philosophy. So like, if I go in your bathroom, and you ain't got no toilet paper, like when I Don't went in there just now, like I'm just saying, I'm just saying hypothetically, <laughs> if I go in there and I see you ain't got no toilet paper, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I might go in. It might be under the counter. You know, I'm a, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I'll go. I'll put the. T- I found. I'm putting. I'm leaving it better than I found it. Absolutely. Some people will be like, "Well, I ain't do that." You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I go in places. I do acting and shit. We be on set, and it's time to eat. Niggas just stuffing the trays. This is falling over. Mm-hmm. I'm a dirty ass Garfield nigga. I don't. I just put. I don't even have no glove or nothing. I just hold the side of the trash and just mush, just smash all it all the way down yeah. to the bottom, and then just shake the bag and put. And then I go wash my hands. People are like, "Why'd you do that?" I'm like, cause it's over fucking flowing. You niggas ain't gonna do it. Like, yeah. remember in the movie Equalizer too? And he was like, why you doing it? He was like, if I don't do it, who else? I was gonna do it. Yeah. If 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 the world thought like that, it'd be a way better place. So anything I see that I can make better than I left it, I try to do that. Whether it's a friendship, a relationship, if I can make it better than I found it, I get some type of like solace out of that, and it, it feels good. That that definitely, and again, it puts back to that. It, it sounds very synonymous with that healing quality. Like you, you want to heal like even spaces. I might like, be Mother Teresa, low key. Niggas don't, <laughs> niggas don't know that, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> nah, but I just think it's, bro, it's really like it boils down to like I don't yeah. want to be a good person. I feel that. Like I grew up in a fucked up like my family, my my neighborhood is like it's all fucked up. The shit you see, the shit you live through is all fucked up. It's like I don't like that. You know, I want to give. I want to do for people. I want to be a helping hand. I want to make other people be like. I want to make people feel good. I respect that. Because, bro, the, the fucked up thing is I know when I'm fucked up, just someone to be willing to listen. Because mm-hmm. sometimes motherfuckers want to talk, and you be like, I don't want to hear this shit. Then you be, you got a motherfucker be like, I don't give a fuck, bro. What you guys, <laughs> just tell me. You be like, yeah. yo, I'm going through this. They're like, oh, bro, I got you. you know How I know it makes me feel, man, if I could do that to somebody else, that's all I want. It's just to make the world a better place by helping one person at a time and then being like, yo, I fuck with you, man. I, I used to never you. give homeless people money. <laughs> And sometimes I still don't if I think that, you know what I'm saying, it's fucked up. Nah, real shit. Like, I'd be like, nah, I'm enabling you, nigga. There's no incentive to get a job when you're getting free money. But then there'll be times where I see somebody and I'll be like, man, their world is fucked up. You just never know how much this dollar is going to fucking. Absolutely. It's going to change. Yeah. I gave. Oh, I didn't even. What'd you say, bro? How much 
<laughs> a dollar, nigga. <laughs> Oh. See, nigga getting deep. Yeah, I, I made I, I made a promise with myself that <laughs> no, not too much of my producer, bro. Chill. <laughs> He's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, let yeah. me ask you, chill. Chill. riddle chill. me this: How much is a dollar worth? Chill, yeah. Nigga, the government says it's worth a dollar. Not nigga. too much of my producer. Yo, shout out to Kev, the I don't know Tom <laughs> podcast producer. Got the network coming soon. Um, <laughs> my uh, the 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 one thing that I was thinking of when you were saying that is that I made a rule with myself that. Anytime I have cash on me and I'm like driving through traffic, I'll give it to whoever like I first see. How much cash, nigga? I mean, it's like you got a two hundred on me. Nah, that's not what I'm talking about. Like that's cash. You're right, but I don't carry two hundred dollars. Well, just me, you know, petty cash. There we go. Yeah, petty cash. See. All right, man. Well, we at the end of my questions. I always give the guests an opportunity. You got any questions for me? I'm. It's not a question. I'm gonna say something. Go ahead. Get off my chest. Go ahead. And I think it ties back to what we said earlier. Yeah. So. I don't know when this was. This was before Ferg. I'm on Facebook. I'm scrolling, and you said something, and I was like, "Blocking this nigga." <laughs> so, <laughs> so it it was something to do with like uh, maybe masculinity, some shit. And, yeah. and my stance at the time was anybody who's encouraging like f- men to be feminine, fuck out of here, because we that's the problem in this world. Mm-hmm. And I say this right now, and fuck who hears it. All the problems in the male-female dynamic are men's fault. Mm-hmm. Because if you have strong men, no matter what women want to do, mm-hmm. they'll fall in line with strong men. When you got weak men, it leaves the gaps open for right. women to do the shit that we're complaining about. Absolutely. So it's men's problems. But you were saying something like, basically, like, I don't judge people. And I was like, make the fuck out of here. Block. This nigga's just no <laughs> shit, right? Mad as fuck. I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm like, fucking nigga Tom. I ain't fucking talking this bullshit. Block this nigga on Facebook. I was livid, dog. <laughs> Tight, right? And so I'm gonna I'm, I'm a man, so I'm gonna tell you why yeah. I can acknowledge, you know, where I fucked up. I, I did it, and me and Tom cool wasn't. Absolutely, it wasn't like yo fuck this nigga. Was I don't want to see this fucking bullshit block, yeah. whatever. So I go on about my day and shit. Fast forward, Kev, uh, the plastic cup boy spanking. I ain't even all them. They're shouting me out on the the straight from the heart show. Mm-hmm. The first person that texts me the video is this nigga. So I'm listening to him like, oh shit, this is crazy. And then mm-hmm. he sent it to other niggas and, and y'all text me. But I was like, this is the first nigga to text me and shit. I'm like, I was nigga. the only one that actually listened to the show. Yeah, so I was yeah. like, oh, this is crazy. <laughs> but I knew it originated from you because you was yeah. the first person and they were just sending me what you sent them. I knew like, yeah. nigga Tom gave you this, nigga. You didn't hear this. <laughs> so it made me stop and I'm like, damn, like I blocked the nigga and shit on some like fucking shit. And this nigga looking out like, and it, so back to what you said, it was like, I was at the point in my life where I was starting to be like, I can't just be like, fuck, I'm blocking this nigga because his views is different than mine. Yeah. Let me learn why he thinks X, Y, and Z because now some of the views I have, I'll be like, somebody might be like, fuck that shit, especially yeah. Blake. He might be like, fuck that. And I'm like, nah, I'm saying this because I understand yeah. this person's, why they feel this way. Yeah. So it taught me a lesson. It's been like, yo, before you just fucking clip somebody who, who genuinely cares about you because... This nigga text me first, like, yo, I, bro, I seen this. I was like, oh, let me unblock this nigga. Because <laughs> now I, look, I feel like a piece of shit, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it kind of gave me like an like opening, like, yeah. yo, so let me ask you why you feel this way. And, it, and the answer might be like, okay, yeah, I'm blocking you. Mm-hmm. Or it might be like, oh, I never looked at it like that. Fuck, yeah. that's a good perspective. So that situation alone started my journey into being like, 
let me understand other people before I'm just so hard, you know, the line in the sand and be like, no, nah, this is what I believe. That's it. So now when somebody does something, I'm gonna be like, why'd you do that? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh shit, I probably would have done that too. Yeah. Are oh, you cool? <laughs> and then it stopped me from being just so one, you know, just so yeah. hard lined about something. But that's what happened. So it's not a question, but it was like, no, nah, I, hey, yo, I appreciate the hell out of that, man. Like, I, well, one, I, I think I maybe I didn't know you blocked me, but I just knew you just disappeared from my feed. So I was like, oh shit, where Mike might go. But anyway, like beyond that, like what I think is dope about that is that it it foots to what I ultimately want to do with this podcast, what I want to do with people is that my goal is never to get somebody to think one way or the other. It's to just give you the opportunity to want to understand more before you make that final decision. So for you to even say like, yo, moving forward, I just realized like, you know what, let me find more out before I say I don't fuck with that or I fuck with it. That's the win. Like whether you unblock me, block me, whatever, like everybody gets to make, I didn't feel any type of way about it. Like, Everybody gets to make their own decisions. And like I said, I never take shit personally. Everybody's doing everything for themselves. But what you saying is the only thing I ever want to do. That's what I want to accomplish with this podcast. It's like it's too easy for somebody to get on CNN and Fox News and just say they're wrong and they're wrong and yeah. go back. And that's easy work. It's, it's like it's the sports. It's, it's like this team going against this team. What's hard is for you to sit with somebody and say, I know what I feel, but let me just listen before I jump to a conclusion. And then once I know more, now I got to wrestle with my own perspective to decide what I really want. And that's the thing people don't want to do. Because people like comfort. Exactly. And it's like, yo, if I say, no, I believe this, but I know if I ask Tom this, and he's like, well, I said this, and it makes me question my shit. Yeah. Well, fuckers be like, like you said you was going somewhere asking racist people. Yeah, yeah. There's a black dude who was going to Klan rallies. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And he converted one of the niggas, right? Yeah. And he was like, just the fact that I converted one. That's a win. He was talking to him and dude was like, oh shit, you, you Negroes ain't that bad. Like, <laughs> like, he was like, oh shit, we were pretty much the same because yeah. we're more alike than we're different. We have different, Absolutely. you know what I'm saying? But for me, it was always like, nah, this is my belief. Either get down or lay down some Beanie yeah. Seagull shit. Absolutely. And then as I started realizing, it's like, yeah, you talk to somebody and you, you start to understand their perspective. You were like, oh shit, this motherfucker Yo. got a point. Like, this is that's the that's the conquerors in a lot of ways they behave one of two ways you either eradicate everything that came before you in terms of perspective and try to instill what you think is right or you assimilate what's already there and you grow and when we talk about conquerors alexander the great one of the alexander the great did the latter he assimilated he said believe what you want but this is where we is like we conquered like i conquered you but still do what you do you know what I'm saying? And I think that that's where the true value is. It's not for me to say that, like, I own the sole perspective on how the world should be perceived and what's right and wrong. It's to say that I'm a traveler in this universe just like you are. Yeah. And all of us feel like either through shared experiences or whatever that we have an understanding of how the world works. But every so often, there's going to be shit that bumps up against my perspective that feels uncomfortable. And I can say that's wrong, fuck it, whatever. Or I could say, I don't know enough. Let me learn more before I decide. Facts. And that that's what I'm on that's the only thing I'm trying to get people to do because I feel like think about this. There's very few things that you hate that you understand. A lot that's what like 
the simple form of white people like I don't hate I hate black people. Yeah, they don't understand our culture. Exactly, they don't understand our struggle. It, it, there's it. Oh, it almost becomes impossible to hate something. You can dislike it, you can disagree with it, but you don't hate it. Hate comes from almost purely from misinformation and fear and fear. Like if you think about this, bro. Before we get out of it, like that's all right. So, a, a lot of us all want the same things. Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying, want our families to be good, want to make some money, want to live okay. You know, whatever. Most of that's the we're all fighting that, but different thing. Religion and politics, yeah, become yeah. so divisive yeah. because it's like they you make got you Democrats and Republicans. Think about this: so the average person is stupid. Yeah. So. You see somebody, for example, Kamala and Joe Biden, mm -hmm. when they're running against each other before like the primaries, they're, he's a piece this, she's this bitch, uh, all this yeah. shit. And then once she knows she can't win, she's like, ah, oh, I'm endorsing him. Yeah, yeah. Hold on, nigga. <laughs> you just said this nigga was everything fucking wrong with the world, but yeah. how you endorsing him now? Yeah. That should tell the average voter like, nigga, this is all a fucking game. Yeah. Smoke and mirrors. They're just saying what you want to hear. Yeah. Hillary Clinton was walking around like, I keep red, but, thanks red hot in my purse. Yeah. Black people was like, hell yeah, bitch, I'll vote for you. Yeah. Like, yeah, Panda, like, they're not for us. Like, but it becomes divisive, that and religion. But, you, but the other thing that you say in this divisive, the other thing is that it's easier. Like, it becomes easier to, to move people. And that's the challenge is that getting somebody to pick a side is a lot easier than getting them to try to understand. And, and like you just said, like, we talked about growth. Growth is understanding. You said that shit is hard. A lot of people inherently or unconsciously know that that's hard. That's why they stick to what they're doing. They make justifications. I, I, when I work, this is who I am. Exactly. Like when I worked at a certain, like the school, like I used to say that all the time, like being smart doesn't mean that you're a developed person or a mature person. In fact, it can hinder your maturity because you're able to rationalize everything and make it somebody else's fault and make it make sense. Yeah. Like Community whenever you're, well, that's why some people say you have to hit rock bottom because when you hit rock bottom, there is no more rationalizing. But that's what crackhead, my mom was, she was a crackhead for a long time. And I remember she like hit rock bottom and I was like, mm -hmm. yo, like she had like a year clean, I think. And I yeah. went to the meeting to support her and she was telling her stories. They talked like, you know, mm -hmm. she basically said her rock bottom was, I was in the military, my sister, my little brother, my dad, everybody mm -hmm. would enable her. Cause they yeah. looked at her like, we gotta help her. Absolutely. I looked at her like, bitch, fuck out of here. Mm -hmm. I'm not helping you do shit. You're a crackhead. Mm -hmm. When you get clean, then I'll be your son again. Yeah. And that was what, I'm not mm -hmm. saying that's what got her clean, because yeah. she got herself clean, but Absolutely. that was the catalyst. Like, oh, my son is. You never know what it me is, like yeah. A snap. Mm -hmm. And so it was like, that rock bottom gives you clarity, because once you become rock, the, the thing with us, especially men, it's hard to say, yo, I'm, I'm insecure. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I got low self-esteem. Whatever it is, it's, men ain't gonna say that. Nope. Because it's like you get, you basically <laughs> just drawing yeah. blood in a, uh, oh, yeah. a shark. So men can't say that. So when you finally get to the point of like, yo, I'm a piece of shit. Like Denzel in flight. Yeah. He's like, I did it. I'm a drunk. I'm drunk right now. Mm -hmm. That was rock bottom for that nigga. He yeah. was like, yo, I'm done. Like I have nothing left in me. That is. The, it gives you the purest clarity. That's when you can make the change because it's like I don't I left everything on the table. There's nothing. But even happened. but even then it's a choice and that's the thing. Like a lot of people hit rock bottom and it's not automatic. You don't just become better. You have to choose. And oh, you that keep working it's a constant choice. A constant choice, man. But I well, you, you made a statement. Is you sure there's no question you want to ask me, man? Or No, I, I mean I said that statement because I, yeah. I, I I thought about it and was like when he hit me up, he was like, yo, you want to do Tom's podcast? I was like, yeah. Tom who? He was like, yeah. he was like, Tom. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. do it. I'm like, I already did it once. He's like, no, it's something different. I'm like, yeah. oh, we definitely got to do it. And then I was like, I got to bring that up because yeah. it was, and, and this is me just saying, yo, I admit that 
my at the point I was just like get the fuck out of here, bro. Yeah. But then moving forward, as I started to work on myself, it had nothing mm -hmm. to do with you. As I worked on myself, it came full circles. I'm like, oh, he was doing. He was at a place where I was trying to get to, where it's like yeah. understanding. Like y'all might not agree with it, but I'm not condemning you. Yeah, or I'm not crucifying you. And I was like, cause me, I was like. Oh, you did this? Yeah. Ah, you're done. That's the, that's the thing for me, like, I mean, and, and to put a button on this, unless you want to say something else, it, the stance that I have a lot of, in a lot of ways is because the world is not becoming less diverse. It's only becoming more diverse. Yeah. The way that people understand themselves, the way that people understand the environment, the new technology, like, you, you do yourself a disservice trying to remain in a fixed position ideologically in anything. And, like, you got to remain nimble and like that's why i say like before i condemn anything i'll admit that i don't understand enough before i say it's wrong or right and and then once i do understand because i do believe that you have to draw you have to make a decision you can't just say like everything's great and whatever like once i do understand then you have to stand on what you know and take whatever comes with that like we talked about being decisive so i, I appreciate your honesty and sharing that with me like it means a lot to me it's funny because I don't know the exact point, but I I, I think I kind of know. But it's like, even for that to come full circle, you said some shit like uh, <laughs> people being mad at gay people or dudes acting feminine is like maybe they're really gay. And I was like, what the fuck, out of here, <laughs> fuck you talking about? Like, I think I, that's probably Boosie's fault. I I'm think blaming that, Boosie. Like, yeah. men, I, I think, yeah. that, and I still believe this is like, yeah. Um, when you give men a pass to not be men, yeah, do you start getting women who are like? Uh, and you're like yeah, yeah. So I, that was my thing, and it was just like Get the fuck out. I don't know. I just read it. It was just mad. Yeah, but my I, thing and, is, and like, even listening to what you said, I said that was too definite in my opinion. Like, I I, I try to get away from saying like if you do this, then you're this, because I don't believe that. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of reasons. There's anybody, leeway, but exactly. But for me, what, what made me really get to this point where I'm like, I want to be more open and understanding was because it's like, if I'm judging you for for whatever reason, yeah. Like I said, sorry, we use that. I'm yeah. like, I get fucking sorry. Uh, there might be something that I'm super insecure about or lack self-confidence in. It might not be my physical appearance. It might be yeah. something else. And it might make me want to be, you know, better. And I'm like, well, I, I thought about doing this. Yeah. What, why am I different than this person who Absolutely. did this? And so I kind of got to myself where I'm like, because I ain't going to lie. I used to be like, I'm be definitely better than that person. Mm -hmm. Like, people are like, you're not better than nobody. I'm like, no, nah, I am. <laughs> There's a few people I'm way better than. You know? Yeah. So instead of getting to the point where I'm like, well... I'm above that. I start looking at the person's situation and be like, I probably would do the same thing. And maybe, or maybe that's what they got to do to feel good about. Because the bottom line is everybody want to feel good. Absolutely. Nobody wants to be depressed. Everybody, everybody wants, wants to be understood. Everybody, everybody wants, wants to, to be feel understood, good. accepted, love, you know. So Absolutely. even if the, what you're doing to get love is vastly different than mine, I still want to know why. Like, oh, okay, I'm not mad at that. Like, uh, now for men, I hold the, the standards a little bit more. I'm like, Mm -hmm. When I see niggas doing sh corny shit for clout, I'm like, you're yeah. a lame ass nigga. Yeah. But for women, I'm more forgiving because I'm like, women go through tremendous changes with their bodies, and the pregnancy, a bunch of stuff. And women, whether whoever's listening to this, I don't fuck how you feel. Mm -hmm. Women are based on their beauty. Men are based on what they provide well, financially. So if yeah. you look at a woman who's got a flat ass or stretch marks or whatever, yeah. to her, that's the equivalent of a nigga being like, I don't have $100 in the bank. I got to go rob a nigga Absolutely. or, you know, I got to do whatever because this is what my value is, is they, they dictate my value on this. And so now I look at it and I'm like, oh, if you went and did that surgery, 
All right. Manager. And and I would even say, if you permit it, I would say that like the 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 a, 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 an experience for a woman is something that you are the most differentiated from. Like as much as you can try yeah. to understand different people's perspectives, the hardest thing for us to do as men is to understand what a woman is going because we're not that. Well, you'll never understand exactly. It. So exactly. That's why it's it's, it's you give more leeway because it's different. Like exactly, they're, they're more emotionally driven. Yeah, we're like logical most mm-hmm. of the time. You're yeah. like, oh, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. A woman would be like, I feel. Yeah, they exactly. lead with the I feel a bunch of like, I don't give a fuck what you feel. <laughs> that ain't what's real. Like, but but if you're a man, and again, and that's why I say all the situations that are relationship dynamics for men and women is, is men's fault because yeah. as a man you're a leader you're supposed to identify mm-hmm. she's emotional she's going to act like that let me deal with it accordingly yeah. if you're just like well, I can't deal with her because she's yeah, yeah. you're not being a leader so There's, it's like you got to understand that that's how they are take them for who they are and I, I think that in, to put it a di- like I'm sorry I didn't want to cut you off no, ahead, right. no I was going to say like based on what you're saying the other thing that comes to mind for me is the idea that like whenever you're in a position of power, you should never be the one that's comfortable because that's ineffective leadership. Your, your goal as a leader is to create an environment where everybody else can thrive, and usually that puts you at a disadvantage. Well, you're like, I got to figure it out. Exactly. So, so if you're a good leader, right, but I'll say this. If you're, and I was in the military, so I know this. Yeah. I, I was a sergeant. I had soldiers. Mm-hmm. Every time I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I'm supposed to be doing. But the soldier's like, ah, oh, he, he got it. Yeah. Sergeant got, you know what I'm saying? Like, in, in, in life or whatever, once as a leader, it's always heavy as the head that wears the crown. Absolutely. I tell people all the time, bro, you want this position, you in the top, it's going to be way, you're not going to get no peace. Yeah. The people under you is like, for, for parents, Kev got kids, I got kids. Yeah. My daughter is not worrying about none of the shit I'm worrying about. Mm-hmm. She needs school clothes, bills. She's not like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't know if my dad going to come through. She's just like, yeah. oh, here's the Jordans I want. Like, uh, life is good. Yeah. Us as leaders, we like fuck. We gotta, yeah. you know what I mean. So, I just got to that point where there was times where I felt like shit myself, and I wanted people to have grace with me. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, when I'm on top, I can't be looking at people just with a hard fuck you. You just gotta be. So I start being more understanding. Yo, why you like? You know what I'm saying? What made mm-hmm. you do this? Mm-hmm. And then, just like you said this on this show, you want to get understanding from other people. You sit down with some people. My homegirl do hair. Yeah, a lot of her clients is street workers. You know what I'm saying? Like I ain't talking about like selling selling a box on like the internet. I'm talking about on Figueroa, yeah. walking around with high heels and go, mm-hmm. Chris Rock said clear heels. Keep my daughter <laughs> off the clear heels. Yeah, absolutely. They on Figueroa, mm-hmm. and I'm talking to them, and I'm like, Yo, your shit is, you're fucked. Up. Yeah. Because if you look at a woman, I got a daughter. She's 14. If she's out there hoeing and just going and shit, I'm like, What the fuck? I'm tight. Yeah. Cause you didn't, you don't need to do that. You see another girl, you be like, oh, this chick's a smut. Yeah, yeah. Then you sit down and talk with her. She's like, my dad went to jail for 20 years when I was a baby. Uh, Circumstances. I got molested by mom's boyfriend. You're like, instead of being like, you're a whore, you be like, come here, give me a hug. They're going to differ. That's the understanding. You need understanding. Yeah. You just judge a person on their decisions, not knowing what led up to that. Absolutely. And then you be like, remember the girl um, in Tennessee, what was her name? Uh, The light-skinned chick? Uh. Well, she got she got charged. She killed the pimp. Mm-hmm. The nigga tried to rape. Oh him. yeah, I remember that. Yeah, um, she went to jail. I forget yeah. her name, but she was in Tennessee, I think. Mm-hmm. She killed this nigga. Like, yeah, he kept raping me and shit. Mm-hmm. Fucking, they sent her to jail for a minute. She ended up getting you know a pardon and all that. Yeah, got yeah. Out. She's she's thriving now and shit. But it was like you would look at her and be like, man, he's a he's a, a, a truck stop prostitute. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But the fuck. But when you sit down and have a conversation, what do you be like? This motherfucker never had a chance. Chance, yeah. And that is what 
when I start, and I said this shit with you, I was like, man, fuck this nigga, man. Balked him and shit. Not even like, I was still talking in person, but I'm like, yeah. I don't want to see these niggas' views. I understand. And then once I got to a point where I'm like, nah, maybe there's something to understanding a person's choices or, you know what I mean? You'd be like, oh shit, you know what I mean? Well, why'd you do that? Well, this happened. Yeah. Oh, that's fucked up. So I just want to become a better, and that's what I'm phasing in my life right now, becoming a better person. And just, so when I leave, like you asked, when I leave, people be like, yeah. oh, I was a real motherfucker. I don't want people to be like, real. man, fuck that nigga. <laughs> you know what I mean? I feel that. Well, thank you so much, man. That's that's what I got for the podcast. If you don't got nothing else, clap it up for white man. Uh, thank you so much for coming through, bro. Appreciate that's you having like me, bro. I appreciate you taking the time, bro. Oh, oh man. Wow. What an episode, man. Two hours. You want to go longer so far, bro. You ain't got to edit, man.